Hello and welcome to episode 170 of Flicks and a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me, forever no ways, the man, the myth, the gentleman, Alessandro Bailsi. Say hello, Al. You have gotten the attention of the mysterious lady. She turns to face you. Her face is devoid of any flesh. You're frozen with horror as she begins ripping your body into a bloody mess. <laughs> Oh boy, on this I, week's episode. <laughs> I wrote that two and a half weeks ago. It's been a while. Amazing. We should definitely touch on that. On this week's episode, trailers, trailers, and more trailers, along with maybe some other news and nuggets, apparently some uninvited, all before diving into our flick of the week, The Gentleman. But first, Al, the world becomes too heavy for you. You are you're everything becomes cloudy. You can't take it anymore. You are concerned. How can you go any further? <laughs> you become overwhelmed. Oh boy, <laughs> what are we drinking? <laughs> so we are not drinking Newberg salted nut roll. We are drinking Newberg bananas Foster. I am disappointed. Literally, you had a five, like a five percent chance of choosing the one beer you shouldn't have chosen, and you chose. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, we will get to that in a future episode. I just need to send Anthony an, a companion piece to that, which I was supposed to bring, <laughs> and I forgot. So. This is the Newberg Brewing Company, Bananas Foster. Basically, the next two months of shows is just going to be alternate ending brewing or Newberg Brewing because That's right. Anthony <laughs> exchanged beers that were roughly 80% from those breweries. And we're going to alternate between them. <laughs> <laughs> so this is proudly brewed and canned by Newberg Brewing Company, Newberg, New York. It's 6% alcohol by volume. Um, it's a pint, which is delightful. It's currently in my Newberg glass. I hope it's in yours as well. Uh, it's not. That's disappointing. Oddly, it's in my alternate ending glass. <laughs> I think I'm going to keep with this theme, and every time we just, just alternate ending beer. <laughs> well, as I say, it's not even like you had selected an alternate endings beer to put in your alternate endings glass, and then I waved you off. You selected a Newberg beer, and then replaced it with another Newberg beer. That's true, but in my defense, I had brought the glass downstairs prior to deciding what I was going to choose. That's fair. See, I have... My glass is right next to my refrigerator, so I can select them to pair before I make it back to the seat. Um, oh, look at me. I'm, like, more prepared with my system. But, but, like, literally only for this part of it. I'm less prepared than you for every other aspect of the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is a blend of Hefeweizen and Dunkelweizen, both aged two years in Copperseed Distillery bourbon barrels. Copperseed Distillery is also up in the vague vicinity of where I live. Um, it's a limited release. Mm. Uh, this is a much newer beer than most of the beers that we've done, uh, though it is a, a couple of months old because obviously I've been accruing these. No, there's no Dang date. It. I don't think. I think it's a lot of eighteen times, pressed into the bottom of it. I don't know what that means. Um, I don't know. I know that some of their beers historically have had stuff like dates on it, but um, like canning dates, not like best buy right. dates, born on, and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, it's funny. I thought there was more information on this one, <laughs> and uh, that's it. No, oh, yeah, I, one. What's that? There's that one thing you missed. Um, is it the thing about it being a heart? <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Their logo appears to be shaped like a heart, but well, also <laughs> a frothy beer with the words "brewed with heart" below it. <laughs> It's so it's so clever. It's so well done. The whole time I kept waiting for you to trip me up with it, so you really <laughs> caught me off guard. It was like when 
you're trying to like push on a door and it's a pole or whatever <laughs> or vice versa. I, oh my god, like that scene in uh I think you should leave. Is that what it was? When he's drooling because he's pulling the door that, so hard. That it goes both me... ways. I was here yesterday. The door was... goes both ways. <laughs> I, that honestly, that one might that scene might make me the most uncomfortable of all of them. Oh yeah, somehow it's it's unsettling in so many ways. Um, I just think it's interesting because I've never noticed this logo before. <laughs> You've never noticed it every single time we've done it. <laughs> <laughs> I've never noticed this since the last time. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Banana on the nose. It's a weird one. Huh. Huh. I don't know please why. Hold. But please hold. I need another sip of the this. The combination one. of the Heffa and Uncle Visons almost creates an effect akin to the Al's Ales holiday soy stale. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. I feel like these bananas were like super brown. This shit is bananas. <laughs> it's fair. Oh god, I uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think of this one. It, it's funny because like it doesn't taste specifically like bananas to me as much as it tastes like banana runts. Yeah, kind of, which is weird because I definitely feel like they're going for real banana, not fake banana flavor. Mm-hmm. There's definitely real banana here. Yeah, I feel like it just merely suggests banana. I feel like it doesn't. 100% taste banana. Right. It's like a hint, a touch of banana. It's just the tip of the banana. Just the tip. <laughs> just to see how it feels. It's it's a very it's a weird one. I don't dislike it. I'm I like this one a lot better than the last banana beer we did like 3 years ago. Hmm. Um we have a Thai banana beer in there too. A what? Thai banana. What do you mean? One of the alternate endings has Thai banana in it. Like bananas from Thailand? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> well, I just want to be clear that when you say Thai banana, do you mean T-H-A-I or T-I-E? Yes. yes. T-Y-E is in Thai You can't say yes to both. You can't say yes. I, okay, a couple of questions. Is this like just like super carbonated? I'm assuming so because I just burped a lot. Okay, I'm only like it's very, it's very tingly. Like as soon as it touches your tongue, like are you allergic to bananas? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I actually think I'm, I'm allergic to copersi, <laughs> copper copersi, copersi. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> copper copersi distillery bourbon barrels. That's what I'm allergic to. That showed up when they did that scratch test on my arm. <laughs> Coppersy barrels. Copper yeah. yeah. <laughs> not just barrels. Not just bourbon barrels. Specific specifically coppersy, which I'm assuming you've never heard of before in this conversation. That's right. Not even when you said it before. <laughs> <laughs> I must have zoned out. I was planning my attack with the logo. That the would explain. Time. That would explain why you can't pronounce the very obvious word that I said that you already had a guide to how to pronounce earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Coppersy. It's weird because it's two words that should be separate, (laughs) mushed together, and I tried to pronounce it all at once. So it's, well, it's not quite a portmanteau, right? But it is a weird compound word. It's Frankenstein's word. Frankenstein's word. I like that. I like that. Uh, I'm confused by this can, though. Yeah, it looks like they fucked it up. <laughs> this is clearly a label over a printed can. Yeah, I'm just going to come out and say that. I'm pretty sure they f- 
fucked it up. I want to see what beer was under here. I Al wonder Vam, Al Vamp while I peel this off. I wonder if they made a certain amount of cans for this beer and then realized, oh no, we didn't make enough cans. Let's just slap this label on some other cans we have sitting around. That's definitely what happened. Is that okay. so? I didn't even realize until I looked around uh, as I'm turning it. Yeah. Now that you said it, I can see there's something peeking out. So yeah, I thought they just—I thought they just the alignment at the top of the can was off at first. So we are either drinking a bananas Foster or we are drinking the juicy Nano Pale Boss Hell. <laughs> this is just Nano Boss. Nano Pale Boss. Juicy what? Nano Pale Boss Hell. What is Nano Pale Boss? Um, did we just discover one of the beers that's coming out? <laughs> no, this is just Nano Boss. What the, it says Nano Pale Boss Ale on the, no, front, on the side. Juicy Nano Pale Boss Ale. Or, if you look at the typeface and the size of the fonts, it's mm -hmm. Juicy Nano Boss Pale Ale. No, that, that's, that's on them. This is why they covered it up. <laughs> <laughs> we can't use this. I can't even read it. Look at the fonts. The fonts Do you think that was made in comparison better? <laughs> the fonts of Nano and Boss are the same, and the fonts of Pale and Ale. Now, I'll grant That's you, fair. I don't like when 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 businesses. No, you're not allowed to do that. That's a bad. Well, That's they're bad news. hardly the first one to do it, and they are the first one that I've seen to alternate oh the fonts to suggest to the reader the way it's to be read. In what world? Okay, I I mean, huge props on this one, but this sticker is intense. And it left no residue or trace behind. And I'm very proud of it. That'd be nice to have on a bottle when I try and repurpose bottles to beers for house ales because that takes me just as much time as prepping the bottle sometimes as scrubbing off the old labels. I'm just going to go ahead and stick that back on. All right. <laughs> That's a hot mess. Al, how many thuckles are you going to give this bad boy? I may have this one thuckle. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I almost, it almost tastes like it's a, like it's, it's a borderline sour. That's why I went with soist. Yeah, it's definitely soist. We haven't had a soist beer in quite some time. <laughs> well, I only made the one. This is what you get. This is what you get. Two weeks off and just nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a deep cut. If anyone has started listening to the show, even in the past year, they're going to have no idea what we're talking about. <laughs> That's true. That's true. But can I, can I uh, when we when we do open our brewery, I, I'm going to need you to source some comparison barrels. And we're going <laughs> to... <laughs> <laughs> well, I know what to get you for your birthday next year, and I guess it's some whiskey from Capersi. If, if you if you if you ship to me a giant barrel, I'm gonna be pissed because <laughs> I have nowhere to put it. <laughs> oh man! All right, I'm down with I'm down with one thuckle. That seems appropriate for Just this. Cut out the barrel and build a swing for your future child, your your imminent child, oh. your your impending oh. child, impending child. What did you say before that? Uh, I said future. Future? Which technically it's still a future child. Both accurate. Your 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 CIP, your child in progress. My child in progress, I like that. That's good. <laughs> Alright, Al. Let's get into some news and nuggets. Uh not a lot. Not a lot to go on here. Just a bunch of trailers. Uh my whole I actually have a whole list here of trailers. Okay, I had two trailers, so yes, some obviously trailers you have out. more than I do. Yes. So uh, I'm going to start at the top of the list because yours are at the bottom and then we can talk about things because the ones that I'm going to go over, there's nearly not much to say. First, Friends Reunion trailer. Uh, by the time this episode airs, that Friends Reunion will have happened on HBO. Very excited about it. Going to be watching that tomorrow. And uh, the trailer definitely, definitely, uh, definitely made me tear up. I, I tear read up. 
a review of the reunion, which that's a weird sentence to say. Mm. That is odd. <laughs> uh, it's odd that a TV critic would write a review of a reunion special. Or maybe it's not that odd. I don't know. Like for a, any given episode of show, sure. But like considering this wasn't like content in that show. fashion. Yeah, like, it's more. It seems more like a documentary. I mean, I know they definitely do like table reads of old episodes mm-hmm. or old moments at least. And yeah, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's a reunion. It's them hanging out. Uh, spoiler alert. They said it's, uh, and I don't know if this was in the trailer cause I didn't watch the trailer. I knew this thing was coming out, but um, apparently it's the first time that all of them have been, or the second time that all of them have been in the same room since the finale. Wow. That's like pretty cool. One other time that they've all been. Damn. Oh, do you think they hate them? They hate each other. Well, apparently they don't all hate each other. But some um, of them do. And again, spoiler alert, it sounds like maybe Matthew Perry isn't really a part of the group anymore. Mm. Well, he definitely fell on some rough times. Yeah, and he kind of talks about that, although I heard they don't really get into it too deeply. But I I guess he cracks a line at some point that no one's 100% sure if it was a joke or not, where he said, like, no one really calls me anymore or something like that. And no one knows if they're if he's joking or not. Mm. But I know while reading the review, they mentioned that last year at some point, or I think it was last year during like the virtual Oscars or Emmys or whatever, like three of them were together, which yeah. sounded familiar when I read it. Mm. Um, I think like Aniston and Courtney Cox and one of the other ones were together for the, one of those award shows. So wow. cool. Well, I'm pumped. Uh, huge Friends fan, so uh, along with Brian of of Spinchian fame, and uh, he he's not as interested. He's not. He's like barely interested. I'm like, I'm very annoyed at him for not That's being pumped. That's surprising. Like I would. Is think- it is it surprising that Brian would have an odd opinion about something? <laughs> no, it's just for anyone who loves the show. I would think. No, maybe like you wouldn't be like, yeah, you know, like I'll get to it, whatever. But like I would think, yeah, that if all over it. Yeah, like not like necessarily like, oh, I'm clearing my schedule. I'm watching it when it comes out. But well, I mean, they are because Kristen's going to be like, we're doing this tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It, it is odd to me that he that if you're saying that he has like no desire or very tepid desire to watch it, that yeah. is a little odd. I would say uh, what I, when we talked about this a little bit yesterday. I I was like, I I'm all like, I don't want I don't want an episode. I don't want a season. I don't want anything like that. Like, I don't want the show to come back for like any length of time. Mm-hmm. I just I like this idea of them getting together and kind of going over some old stuff, telling stories. That's it. I think that's cool. If this was a one-off, like hour-long special of like where are they now type of thing, I would not really be on board with that because I think the show was great and I liked the way that it w- played out over those ten years. And then when it ended, it ended, and I'm okay with the show's ending. <laughs> yeah, I am more or less not really in on the whole revival thing. Um, I think the only one that I have watched to date is Arrested Development. And that's different considering like it didn't end in its time. Like it was canceled. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like yeah. friends had an ending. Mm-hmm. So and like a lot of these other shows that have done revivals had an ending more or less. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think, yeah, if you, if you're interested in this sort of thing, like if the office were to do something like this or friends or whatever, like mm-hmm. it makes sense. You don't necessarily need to come back and actually do the show. Right. Anyway, I was gonna say on the top trailer. on the topic though of 
you mentioning like not wanting them to do a revival, this and that. It reminded me a couple of years ago, the conversation cycled back up with the announcement that this reunion thing was impending. But a couple of years ago on the Levitard show, one of the producers pitched that Friends should do a revival and act like it was going to be a straight up revival, either do a movie or a limited series. But like half an hour in, one of them gets murdered. And it's very <laughs> obvious that one of the rest of them killed that character. Oh, and it, it becomes, just becomes a clue. It be, well, no, but like not funny, like serious and dark, like an actual. Like, oh my god, <laughs> like dark, gritty, like slasher type thing. Like you know who's making that? The same guy that's making my movie where the main character dies in the first two minutes of the credits <laughs> roll. It's the same guy. <laughs> Could you imagine? I think it would piss off so many people, but it is a really ingenious idea. Like, because like we're gonna we're gonna talk about pissing people off with your choices and what you do with a show a little bit later. Uh, <laughs> uh, next trailer on the list is Snake Eyes. Did you see this one? I'm sorry. Not the Johnny Cage. Not Johnny Cage. Not the Nicolas Cage vehicle. I am all over the map today. <laughs> not the. Uh, not it's the a, Nicolas it's Cage. That, it's, that, it's that two week break energy. <laughs> yeah, not the Nicolas Cage comparison vehicle. Uh, Wait, but, what? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it the, the GI Joe character. Oh, the I GI Joe Origins or whatever they're I calling might it. Have stumbled on a teaser or something like I feel like I didn't watch a whole trailer I feel like I saw 10 seconds of a trailer the reason I bring this up is I can't remember if it was you or your brother but one of you was was big into Joe I mean I definitely was as a kid um I I guess both of us were in our respective times Hmm. um me obviously being a few years older than him because we definitely had like the VHS of the G.I. Joe and like movie okay and both of us in our time definitely wore that thing out. So, mm. I was just kind of curious if this is something you're excited about because I I never really got I, I never got into GI Joe. I played with some of the figures when we were kids and we were hanging out, but like I I watched the movies. I have the nostalgia from like remembering like seeing like the different things here and there, but I never like really like got into the cartoon or really got any of the toys. Yeah, I loved that movie, and I definitely saw some of the show, but not enough. Like I didn't like watch watch the show. Um, right. And I definitely had a bunch of the characters and, and played with those a ton as a kid. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't care about this movie at all. Um, Same. The first G.I. <laughs> Joe movie that came out, whatever that was, 10 or 12 years ago, I thought it was fine. It was fun. Yeah. It, was, it, yeah. was, it was whatever. Um, then whatever ridiculous fuckery went on with the sequel where they ended up like redoing and rewriting and et cetera and so on and then they like decided to kill off the entire cast and replace the whole cast like 20 minutes into the movie. Um, mm, spoiler alert. I don't think I saw that one. <laughs> I never saw the whole movie. I just know that's what happened more or less. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I just didn't care anymore. So <laughs> I definitely don't care about this. Gotcha. Yeah. Not, not, not super interested, but with nothing else to watch, I, I'll probably, I will probably see it if, if that's what comes out and there's nothing else around the time because I'm getting ready to go back to the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up on our trailer watch, the Dear Evan Hansen trailer came out. Oh, I did see that the other day. Totally forgot until you mentioned it. And I meant to, I meant to text you. Okay. Yeah. I I meant to text you because I was like, oh, I know like Anthony and Kim are definitely going to want to see this to know she loves the play. Big fans. Yeah. Um, We've seen the show three times. Oh, okay. The third time we saw it was Ben Platt's, uh, farewell performance. Okay. So he was the awesome. first person to be in that role? Yes. Or? 
Okay. Yeah. It, it is cool, but also a little odd that he's in the movie. Uh, a couple, a couple people are in it that were in the play. I just at this point he's too old. Is, is he's too old at. for sure? It definitely looks like everybody has like a de aging filter on. No, he looks like he's thirty something years old. Oh no, I think it, I think it looks weird. I think he looks very. He, I think his face looks too smooth. <laughs> like like you know when that happens? You know when they do like the when they either make you older or younger. But either yeah. way, the face is very smooth. <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. I didn't get that from watching it, but I also was looking for it. I think also maybe it may have been because I was watching it on a phone. Mm, mm. Could be why I didn't notice it, but regardless, um, I do think it's cool, generally speaking, that he's gets to be in the movie that Yeah. Well no one no one can crush those songs the way he can. So it is Hey, it's very talented. Singer I'm a little actor. bummed that uh, Zoe, yeah, that, that uh, well, I can't remember what her name was in um, Matt. Matt, no. Uh, what was the show he was on? The Politician. Yes. His friend that one of his friends that's working with him, like on his like campaign team. Mm-hmm. I can't remember her name, but she was in the play as well, playing his opposite. And oh, I didn't it know been that. Cool if she was in the show in the movie because they they were they had such good chemistry. Which which one from the show is it? I can't think of their names. No, but like like what was like? Give me the defining characteristics of the character. Uh, she's kind of tall, long hair. The one. It's like, oh, it's like I want to say Madison, but I don't think that that was her name. I'm gonna look it up real quick. Yeah, was it the, the one like it's like her and James are like his two top advisors? That yes. One? Okay. Yes. Yeah, I don't remember What's her name. name? Uh, McC- M- McAfee. That's right. I was gonna say M definitely sounds right, but Madison isn't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they, yeah, they. When we saw it the first, the first time and the last time, actually, she she might have been in it all three times that we saw it. But uh, the first time and the last time, they were opposite each other, and they just they crushed it. It would have been cool if she was in it. Um, cool. So I'm pumped about that, and it's also coming out soon. It's like beginning or end of September, something like that. Yeah, I had no idea that that existed either. That they, like they were making this. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, that's the thing. I, I thought it was like a, a, like there were rumblings of it happening, but I didn't think that they were this far along, let alone it coming out. <laughs> yeah, like trailer and boom, it's coming out a couple of days. And I was like, oh, oh, okay. Although admittedly, the turnaround from trailer to release on a movie like this, that's obviously not going to rely heavily on CGI, should be simple enough. Sure. Uh, then I watched the uh, the Resident Evil Infinite Darkness trailer. Which is a Resident Evil anime from Capcom on Netflix. Oh, is that what that is? I, I heard about it. I didn't know anything about it. So I'm pretty excited to watch it. I think it's going to be wacky and over the top and take itself super seriously and be really fun because of that. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. It looks great. Visually, it looks stunning. Yeah, I saw like an image and I didn't know what it was. I was like, is this a mm. video game? Is this a what? Yeah. Uh, next up is the Forever Purge. They're still seen, doing Purge movies? I was going to say, I've seen zero Purge movies, but every time I see one of these trailers, I was like, huh, I think I kind of want to watch this series. And then I don't. So <laughs> I'm assuming that this is either, this feels like based on the title, no, it's definitely not the last one. We're going to Fast and Furious this thing into the ground. <laughs> well, but like, even Saw had a Saw final chapter. And then you know what happened? Recently, there was a new Saw movie. Yeah, did that come out? I want to say yes, but mm. I'm not 100% sure. I kind of want to watch that. I also never finished the Saw series. I think I... I, I never saw the, the final. One. I never saw the yeah, final. Yeah, same. Same. 
Um, but anyway, that the, every time, every time I watch these Purge movie trailers, I'm like, oh, like it doesn't look like a good movie, but it looks like it would be fun to watch. Like the first one, the, looked, and, the first one looked interesting. Just never got around to watching it. I saw parts of one of the other one because I think my brother was watching. It. Hmm. And then, uh, okay, so next up, lots of trailers, lots of trailers since we, we since we've last spoken. Uh, then we got ready for this one, the Eternals trailer, and I was like, oh, and I played the trailer and I watched it, and when it was over, I said, what? I, <laughs> I, I have no idea what that movie is. But like, and, I feel like we have this exact conversation after every one of these first trailers. Wow, maybe. that that was cool. I have no idea what it's about. <laughs> but that's the thing. I didn't think it was necessarily cool. Sure, because they definitely were playing up like the mysterious yeah. aspect of it. Like, because they don't really actually show you anything. Right. Like, oh, that's a big ship. Oh, I guess this is something along the lines of us guiding. Like, these these characters are going to guide early humanity into some sort of civilization. Uh, and then, and then it's like we haven't interfered. Dun dun dun. Until now, and I'm like, yo, maybe you should have interfered. Like. Three years ago, when Douchepants was trying to wipe out the universe. <laughs> when Douchepants? <laughs> well, maybe we're going to find out. Might there have been a schism in the Eternals? Maybe some of them agreed. Maybe. I'm, I'm hoping I'm that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm picturing. Like, we should get involved. And one of them is like, wait, what's up? What's out? <laughs> well, we say, we need to get involved. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, around the room. Let's stop him. But the other half of them say, let's help him. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> And everyone just turns and looks at each other, and then, like, the title card flashes the Eternals. <laughs> I, I like where you went with that. I thought you were going to go the route of, like, we should hang out. Yeah, definitely, we should hang out. And then nobody makes plans. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I like that. And then there's another war, and it's on their side. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, I, well, the one thing I'll say is there's a lot of them. Mm. This is true. Which I thought it was going to be, like, five-ish. and. No, it, like at one point they show like 12 of them standing together. And I was like, oh, yeah, shit, I this got, is I, more like a video game thing than it is a movie. Yeah, I will say, though, I got a little concerned with that trailer. I was like, OK, where's this going? Nowhere. Cool. No more information. Great. Is this a DC movie? <laughs> no, we'll get another actual trailer that gives us something. That gives us something. Yeah, that's fair. I Not thought much, it was funny that it's like something. They're showing characters and then they like focus in on it. Was it Angelina Jolie? She's in this, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they oh. definitely focus in on her at one point. They focus in on what her you're face, about. <laughs> and then, but and then voiceover starts, and you're like, okay, cle- like clearly, your mind will do this thing. It's like, okay, we're gonna focus in on this person's face right now, and then start the voiceover. It's their voice, right? No, Selma Hayek's voice. And I'm like, what is? Why? Why did you choose to do this? Because we <laughs> showed her not half a second ago. You could have started the voice cue at that point, and that, that was very jarring. Also, now I've missed the first half of what you said because I'm <laughs> just I'm just because you're like wait that's not right who I don't know who's speaking now I know this voice but I don't know who's speaking because it's not the person I'm looking at <laughs> that was weird uh and then I'll, I'll only only uh half a second of my man Kumel like I don't yeah but he was like, dancing and he was in some very fine clothing so fine clothing for yes. sure uh good threads I I don't know. We'll see. I'm looking forward to the next trailer where I actually learn something about this. Then we watched the Tomorrow War trailer together-ish, it seems. Yeah. Oh, wait, sorry. Oh, the last thing on the Eternals thing, when you're talking about the, the, the line of, you know, 
We never interfered before. Did you hear me? Like, <laughs> tell, like considering how much they telegraphed it, because I was walking, I watched the Tomorrow War trailer at the computer, started that like 30 seconds before you did. Finished, walked into the other room <laughs> to grab the beer. Was come while well, was watching the Eternal trailer on my phone as I walked over there. Was walking back and he goes, "We've never interfered before now," and or it was it "We've never interfered before," and I said, "Until today." <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was like yeah. right as I was coming back in the room, so I didn't know if you heard it and like we're like able no, to orient yourself immediately with like what's going on. I did it, but if you ever needed to give an example of what telegraphing and film is like, <laughs> that's, this is perfect. Ah, <laughs> uh, we said it. Uh, <laughs> so it's tomorrow so, war. Where did this one come from? I didn't even know anything about this. See, I heard about this movie for the first time like a month ago. I want to say, and I was okay. like, "Oh, Chris Pratt's in an Amazon movie. That sounds dumb." And like that was like the extent of my sure. thought on that. Um, I have but, no more thoughts. <laughs> yeah, no. And I saw the trailer popped out like a couple hours ago, and I was like, "All right, like I'll watch the trailer because we're going to talk about it." on the show why not because i have no other real news to do and this is maybe the first amazon movie that seemed like it looked vaguely interesting in like yeah. maybe ever i don't know yeah i uh i watched it too just now and it looks i'm i'm interested to watch it i don't think it's gonna like i'm i'm anticipating a six yeah recall that i said interesting not good yeah yeah i'm anticipating a six uh though uh richard spelt might bump that up to a seven on his own I could not believe that he was in. I was like, he is not supposed to be in this action movie. I don't care that he's comedic. He's not supposed to be in this. I love him. He cracks me up, but he just does not feel like the fit for this. Yeah. But uh, (laughs) yeah, it was, it was weird. The one thing that really got me though, that I couldn't, I was hung up on for a good, uh, for a good five minutes of this 14 minute trailer. Cause it was very long. Uh, but it, I mean, I'm obviously exaggerating, but when he's leaving his kids, he goes, he, like, he very dramatically goes, I will be back. And I'm like, Oh, you really wanted to make sure you didn't say I'll there. And I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, Amazon has a lot of money in their pockets, but like, I don't know if they can afford those, that loss. <laughs> that's, that's true. Um, yeah, interesting concept. Uh, we're all going to be dead soon, so we have to go to the future <laughs> of the fight of war. Uh, <laughs> sorry, but uh, I just won that round. Awesome. Uh, well, I was choking on his bananas foster. Because, well, be careful how you phrase that, too. But um, there's... <laughs> there, there, even knowing what this movie was about, it didn't sound like the way that like the cadence went at the beginning that you were talking about like plot synopsis and you know, it was just like totally context this is like yo we're all gonna die I'm like Jesus that's a really negative way to go into watching this movie oh no he's talking about the movie got it <laughs> but uh, I mean it's true they're all they're what they said 11 months right they're all dead humanity wiped out well it sounded like was it 30 years from now but then 11 months from then Oh, is that what it was? was I was definitely getting a little confused by the... I was like, are you telling me that within 11 months, not only are we going to be wiped out, but we have also developed this technology to time travel? That's (laughs) the thing. It sounds like they're getting transported 30 years into the future to stop something that's going to happen 11 months after. Oh, the incident. Correct. Got it. That makes sense. Um, This will be a relatively fun watch. It looked like it definitely had some live, die, repeat vibes to it. Yeah, I see that. Um, Lived, I repeat uh, some of the uh, the B and C class Terminator movies. 
Yep, there's definitely some Terminator. I mean, just a little the sixth day action in there, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> Why the sixth day specifically? I don't know. There was something about it that immediately—that's what triggered in my head—and it might have just been. I think the sixth day was shot maybe at a higher frame rate or something like that. There's a certain visual. There's something. There's something to it. <laughs> that, so it's like, purely visual cue. Oh yeah, nothing no, to there's do with the nothing else. <laughs> that and the I'll be back. Uh, the I will be back thing because I'm pretty sure Arnold's been saying lines like that in all his movies since, but like sometimes it can't be exact. Huh, I guess I never picked up on that. But um, anyway, I'll watch it. It's yeah. a really random cast, like old-looking J.K. Simmons with a crazy beard. old J.K. Simmons. Yes, with his big white bushy beard. Chris Pratt. What's his name from? Is that Sam? Was it Sam Richardson? Um, that sounds right. And Yvonne Shahovsky, and I think there was one other person I might have recognized in that trailer whose name is escaping me now at this point. And I was like, what is Al's, this collection Al, of Al's love Yvonne Shahovsky. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it just didn't work out between us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we're still friends. <laughs> let's, go with, let's go with that, I guess. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's it. There's one more trailer that I watched, but it's not worth mentioning. Moving on. Uh, well, you can well, mention it. We don't. Have to I watched Gunpowder Milkshake. Is that oh, that was yeah. Gunpowder Milkshake, and I. No, no. I said you can mention it. We don't have to talk about it. No, no. Well, now that I mentioned it, it just seems rude to not. Like, I feel like I have to give it a little bit of an explanation. Okay. I. It starts off the trailer, and I'm like, "Ooh, okay. I'm interested." Karen Gillan, cool. Uh, there's I'm getting a lot of Edgar Wright vibes from the from the style of what's on screen from the from the quick cuts that are happening. I'm like, OK, all right, I'm on board. I'm on board. The trailer maybe goes on for too long and becomes John Wick. Like it's like they're just it just becomes a crazy amount of action. And it's like in a library that maybe is just a recycled set from that one library scene in John Wick. And I'm like, OK, like I, and I don't. There's like a weird month. There's a mother daughter story there where like her mother was one of these crazy assassins too. And she's been gone for a while and then they team up. It's not very compelling. So it sounds like too much. It's, it's a, <coughs> much, although that too much of much, too much. <laughs> uh, and her, her, her mom's Lena Hetty. So that's cool. But I don't know. The, the cast seemed fine. Wait, the story Lena Hetty is Karen Gillan's mom. That's right. I don't have anything else to add to the conversation. It's just, for some reason, that's not quite clicking for me. You don't have much to add to this, that conversation, except you're thinking, are they the same age? Is that, no, is they're, that they're, they're definitely not, because I'm... Karen Gillan might actually be younger than me. We're, like, about oh, really? the same age, I think. I, I, I just assumed they were both... They, I feel like they're both... I thought they were both on the younger side. I mean, Lena Headey's probably got to be... I guess she, ha- like she has different. been around for a while. She's, She's been like in 50, a lot of movies. I think. She also looks good. Late 40s to 50? Okay. I Remember, not, she's, I, I, she's I been around. She was. I didn't think she was that old. I'm Remember, not that she's old, but you know what I mean. She's been an adult since 1993's The Jungle Book, which you hate. Ah! And I was like, <laughs> you know, I'm not the biggest fan of either. <laughs> it's just that scene. That scene, I can never get over that scene. But yeah, not like, never. That uh, scene uh, is I nearly think, 30 years ago. So we're gonna have to. That's that's crazy to me. I, I don't. First off, I don't believe you. Second, we should do that movie. <laughs> oh God! But that means we're gonna have to watch the damn scene. Yeah. Anyway, uh, we'll watch. We'll, we'll watch it. It'll be good. <laughs> this movie, though, I'm not super interested. Maybe another trailer. Give me another trailer. Give me some more stakes. I'm actually not really entirely sure what the either. Okay, either the plot is really dull, 
Or they haven't exposed what it is yet. I was just saying, to be fair, we also don't know what the plot of the Eternals is. <laughs> That's true. But I'm also, I'm not, I, I don't think it looks good from that trailer. Um, so same, same on both. But I feel like this one is more, uh, might, might not, I don't think there's going to be another trailer. <laughs> I feel like it's, it's this and then it's out all of a sudden. <laughs> I gotta say, um, like, I, I think it's a little disappointing that that's all they can muster for the first Eternal show. Like, it feels like it's so off the... Second. I guess that was a teaser. Well, that teaser was part of like a Disney like sizzle reel type of thing, wasn't it? I don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was. Sure. Um, I feel like for such a weird like out there concept that's like way off the beaten path, like you really got to pull people in with that first trailer. And that was kind of a nothing burger. A nothing burger. You've never heard that expression before? I have not. I like it, though. Is that, uh, just, a, is that just a hamburger and a bun, or is it just a bun? It's, yeah, it's like a bun with, it's like a if bun I sans I order a good burger with nothing on it. No, no, no. Not a plain <laughs> what would burger. What you give me? Not a plain burger. It's like if you ordered a hamburger and I gave you a bun. With well, a that's how burger. Ed does it. Ed just gives you the bun. And then he turns to his coworkers and he says, is a, is a patty something or nothing? And, and the guy goes, something? And then goes, I win! <laughs> um, also, Karen Gillan is 33. I thought she was younger than me for some reason. And Lana Hetty is 47. Okay. So 14 okay. years. Yeah, she didn't have her when she was 14. Yeah, um, that's, that's kind of my point. Cool. Well, anyway, that it's fine. I don't know. I... I'm not super interested in seeing it. It seems like one of those movies that we were like, if we were like, oh, what should we do next week? And it was like on HBO. I'd be like, okay. Someone you know just the... joined my personal meeting room Who did? on Zoom. I just got an email notification. Oh. I just jump in there and be like, what are you doing? <laughs> sorry, who, sorry, who did you say joined? Someone. Oh. <laughs> just, just someone. It didn't say who. I just, I just didn't disclose names. A coworker okay. joined one of my. Oh, <laughs> no, but the way you were saying it, it sounded like you didn't know who the person no, no, was. Sorry, That's why you didn't have to tell me who it was. Just like a, a coworker would have been fine. <laughs> like it's. <laughs> this message uh, is brought to you by Zoom. <laughs> um, I'm very concerned with the state of movies because there's a lot of like, admittedly. Disney decided to delay the Marvel movies, right? Because they knew that they were going to want people to see them. There have been so many movies that have come out straight to streaming and such that were movies that people were like interested to see had they been theatrical releases, not mm -hmm. in a pandemic. They're all bad. Yeah, but they're all March movies, though. We can't have a year of March movies. That's that's sure what we can. that's what last March and this March. That's what they're... no, that's <laughs> they what held all the other ones off. <laughs> no, because in there you also get like a Wonder Woman and like other shit too. Oh right, that movie was bad. That's what I'm saying. Like it's not just like you're right. Like there is a higher proportion of March or February movies that have come out than there would normally be on mm -hmm. an entire slate of movies. And like yeah, be I careful already... with February. February is also Oscar movies, so you gotta. It depends. On the time. Yeah, sometimes, I guess. But, I mean, I always think of December as Oscar time because they sneak it in right before the year ends. It always seems to be a week before the Oscars that there's six movies that all of a sudden I need to watch, though. Yeah, but no, but those movies have already been out because to qualify for the Oscars, they have That's to be released. That's true. Nobody talked about them, year. though. They just so, decided in that moment that they should be on sure. the list. Um, regardless, my oh, point uh, is, there's so many... <laughs> 
<laughs> bad movies that have come out in the past year. And like Rome. some of these movies were no, that was a couple years ago. The, there were so many <laughs> bad movies that came out that like were supposed to be a thing. I'm not saying they were going to be the A list thing, but they're like B list on a, on a release slate over a calendar year. And I'm like, how can all of them be this bad? And also, right. I totally understand now why HBO Max decided we'll just release all our movies on this whole year. Because every movie you had planned for a whole fucking year are bad. Yeah, because they're like, if we could just get $15 a month from people for the rest of the year, that would make up for all these losses. But how can they all be bad? Um, so there is, I've noticed a trend. There are certain years that go by where I reflect on the movies of the year and go, huh, nothing good came out this year. I mean, listen, there's ups and downs, right? But how could but every, I, how could it be an entire Because it's always- one of those years and it just so happened to be the year that we couldn't go to the movies. So we kind of made out in the end. I mean, we made out in the sense that we didn't have to pay as much money for them. That's I'm a real glass the, half full. <laughs> I'm not even talking about like the Oscar movies because like you always expect like a certain level of quality amongst mm. those, even if you ultimately like or don't like them. Whatever, even right? though none of those were really like there was. I mean, I liked some of them. I think they were like uh, the ones that I've seen. I thought were good, but I, I would not have been like. There are years when you watch an Oscar movie and you're like, yeah, okay, I get it. Like this is nominated, obviously. And then there's ones that are like, oh, this is nominated because there wasn't something else. Yeah, I mean, like, I really liked Sound of Metal, but, like, Parasite was a lot better than it. Yeah, that's like, what I'm saying. Those are across like, two different and That's the thing, like, you're talking, like, when the movies that are up for the Oscars are an, are an eight, it was a rough year. I guess. They need, they need to be nines or tens. Although I didn't, I mean, to be fair, I didn't see all of them. You didn't see as many as No, you I, I didn't see all of them. That is um, fair. I heard great things about Minari. I never got to see that one. That's one I would like to get to eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, I like when there's not a clear winner. I mean, it's yeah, not I guess. But anyway. It um, definitely makes for compelling drama at the Oscars. Let's, uh, let's, let's dip into what we've been watching just for a moment here. Okay. Uh, have you been watching anything? <laughs> uh, interest, in an interesting fashion, yes. Uh, across the last two w- weeks, I've watched... The first two Lord of the Rings extended. Oh. Because I finally got to it. As I've been threatening to do it for months now on the show and in private. Threatening. <laughs> and I finally was like, you know what? Nothing's stopping me from watching. Because what it was is like, oh, I'd like to sit down and watch the extended Fellowship of the Ring. Sure. Cool. Let me find three and a half hours where I can watch it without anyone objecting to that. It's a damn good movie. I really enjoy the Fellowship. Fantastic, the obviously. Um, and then I. I could do that all day. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the thing is not having watched them for a while, watching them again, getting to reappreciate how good the score is across. all. Oh, so good. Uh, like, there's first of all, there's not a single bad theme, but there are so many incredible themes. Um, but regardless, I was like, when am I going to find three and a half hours? Just to watch fellowship of the ring extended or whatever, however length of movie that is. And I didn't have that block of time to give it. And so then eventually I was finally like, let me watch this the way that we were supposedly supposed to watch like the Snyder cut and I'll just watch it in chapters. Like I'll mm. watch an hour today and I'll watch a half an hour tomorrow and I'll watch an hour and a half today after that. And then three weeks later, I'll be f- finally done with it. So um, I did it um, by the way, still way better than the Snyder cut. It yeah. doesn't matter how you choose to watch that. <laughs> uh, that's a, that's a fact. You know why? Cause even breaking it up into chapters like that, infinitely more coherent. 
I was going to say one of them's a cohesive film with a story that has a start and end, a start, a middle, and end. Yeah. Yeah. One and it's not. Crazy thing is, that's only part one of a three part story. <laughs> um, so, anyway, yep. a couple days ago, I finally finished uh, The Two Towers, which is still my favorite. favorite of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because for, for years, when I was a, a younger person, The oh, Return of the King was my favorite one. Um, sure. And the fellowship was my least favorite, and the fellowship has firmly replaced Return of the King, uh, as has obviously the Two Towers. And honestly, the gap is closing between Fellowship and the Two Towers. I don't know that it'll ever overtake it entirely, but they may become one A and one B. Um, yeah, there's something special about to, that first one for sure. It's not to say that I dislike the Return of the King in any way, shape, or form, but just mm-hmm. my priorities have shifted as time goes on, and um, I love the spectacle of that movie, but. It's pretty light on story, honestly. Um, yeah. And the story is incredibly strong in the first two. Agreed. And I think that's part right. of why I like the second one so much is it's got the best of both worlds. It has as good a spectacle as the third and or even, you know, call it 5% less spectacle, right? And as good a story or call it 5% less story than the first one. Mm-hmm. It's the best combination of those two, which because those two are kind of polar opposites. Yeah, real Mass Effect 2 situation. It is almost exactly the same. <laughs> coincidentally, uh, Mass Effect 2 obviously is the... Not coincidentally, I guess. Mass Effect 2 is my favorite of the trilogy. So, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I finally finished 2, and uh, I'll probably kick off watching 3. No, I'm not going to have time tomorrow. Maybe Monday. Hmm, nice. A little off, little off day action, Monday night maybe. Yeah, that's a good call. That's a good day to do it. I, the problem I, is, I would say, outside of watching those, I haven't had time to watch anything else because other than watching this movie, which I did like two weeks ago... Um, the hockey playoffs are on and <laughs> my team, as we were recording this, the Islanders just eliminated the penguins and are moving on to the next round. So that chews up every other night of my, uh, <laughs> of my time. So. Okay. Nice. I, uh, I'm ready to watch the two towers. I really, uh, cause I'm, I'm, I'm back into it. As, as we mentioned, when I watched fellowship the other night, the, uh, the other month, I guess, <laughs> at this point, but uh, it's just oh god, it looks so damn good on that TV. It does, but uh, yeah, it does. the I'm I'm ready for the next one. I, I man, the music is so good; it gets me every time. Chills every time. It's so good. Uh, I have been watching. <laughs> nice. Uh, we should do that for the, when we do the Lord of the Rings one. We should definitely do this the music. It's actually pretty wild that we've never done the Lord of the Rings. That's true. We still haven't uh, done that Hobbit episode we planned a year ago. That's right. <laughs> I have been watching. I I've watched. Um, I ju- actually just before we started recording, I finished. Uh, I think it was the season finale of This Is Us Tonight, which is a show that I watch and I enjoy. Is it the season finale or series finale? Season. There's one more. One more. Okay, I heard something about it ending, but it, was it the next yeah. season will be the final one? Exactly. Uh, so watch that uh, season finale of uh, SNL, which was fine. Um, oh, I definitely, I definitely started watching the Keegan Michael Key episode from last week, and mm-hmm. then fell asleep and haven't got a chance to go back and Dude, watch the rest of that episode. Keegan Michael Key just cracks me up. I'm just—he's one of those people that you just watch and you wait for him to be funny, and you don't have to wait long. But you're like, you're just, you're like bracing yourself almost. Oh yeah, my falling asleep had nothing to do with the quality of the movie, and had everything yeah. to do with the fact that it was twelve thirty at night, and I had had a couple of drinks and was exhausted. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> I. Uh, I watched, uh, I, I got hoodwinked. I thought, I did not realize that Apple's Hoodwink. series. 
Yeah, I didn't, uh, bamboozled, if you will. I didn't realize that <laughs> Apple's series were hornswoggled. Uh, were wow. released one <laughs> one week at a time. I thought they were they were just dropped all at once. And uh, yeah. I was like, oh, oh, really? Is that all? Trying, I don't know. I was like, oh, trying season two, great. And Kim and I sat down to watch it. We got all pumped. We were, we were ready to we were we were ready to sit there for the next like three hours and watch the show. And uh, we watched two episodes, and then it was like the next episode is next week, and we went. Oh, you got us. Sorry, which show? Trying. Oh, sorry. You said trying to watch, and I didn't realize that you were talking about the show. <laughs> uh, I just heard you say we were watching. Or, <laughs> I think you said. We're, the way I thought said, we were watching. Trying. To watch. <laughs> yeah, and I think I, maybe that's what you said, and I interpreted as we're trying to watch an Apple TV show. I was like, yeah, but which one? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh man, uh, that's a that's a great show. The characters are awesome. Actually, one of the one of the leads is one of the Andes from really? <laughs> yeah. So that's Which that's one? a good it's a good one. What's up? Which one? I don't know. The one with the bigger <laughs> or smaller mustache. Oh, I don't remember which one had a bigger mustache. <laughs> one from Jurassic World or not from Jurassic World? Probably from Jurassic World. The more famous Andy is the one that's is the so one I that's think in the, the one show from Jurassic World. <laughs> 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 it's like something it's not really it's the one it's the one the Andy that's been in other things <laughs> well they've both been in things sure the other one was in the world end the final of the three cornettos that doesn't count it's the same series but he had a much bigger role he's one of the main group in that one he gets his own storyline cornettos <laughs> i know what these movies are about <laughs> it's ice cream well you never saw that one, right no, I didn't watch that one. So your objection to my referencing that movie is null and void. <laughs> Fair. I'm um, not going to fight you on is that it, one. Is something Spall is the last name, right? Spall? Bro, I, okay, hang on. Uh, I'm just going to look it up it at this matter. point. No, continue, now, continue, now, continue trying. Continue trying. I, uh, it is Rafe Spall. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, very good. Great show. I really enjoy it. Good, uh, just really strong writing. Great chemistry. I think the characters have tremendous chemistry, and that is a huge deal. So they can convince you that they are all friends with each other without even trying. Yes, or more importantly, these two characters. Like I, if uh, if I were to find out that they're not actually married, I'd be like false. (laughs) 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 But uh, it's it's awesome. There. So the first season was about them trying to have kids, realizing that they don't have much of a shot, and then that they are going to adopt. Okay. Uh, by the end, they are approved for adoption. This, I mean, that's I guess light spoilers. It's not really. It doesn't. It's not about the what. It's about the. Journey. I guess I don't need to watch the first season. No, <laughs> the second. The <laughs> second season is kicking off with now that they are approved. It's a much. It's still a long process of like finding someone who and like and being paired up with a kid and all that stuff. Um, but so far, we're off to a great start, and it's just it's very interesting. I will say, I was. Uh, I, I loved uh, the way that it's. I just love the way that the second episode was playing out, um, and I was really looking forward to the next one. And it was that situation where you were hitting, where you're watching it, you know, and you're like, "Oh, okay, it's coming to an end. Cool." You just sit back. I filled up my water, got back into the chair, was ready for the next one to start, and like some other show started. And I was like, "Oh, no!" <laughs> that level of disappointment. Not, not like it, this. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered. What was on next? It could have been the greatest thing ever. Sure. It's going to be disappointing. That's right. Well, yeah. Uh, 
there is there is a great scene, and I think it was the first episode. Um, one of their 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 friends gets a divorce, and and they are, but they have they have a second kid, and they're baptizing that kid, and it was a uh, it was like a, a a rough divorce. I think the guy like the guy cheated on her, and but they they go they come together to baptize the child. They're up at the altar, and they had previously picked out a name, which you assume based on the way that it's going. And the priest goes, what name do you give this child? And the wife says something different and catches the husband off guard or the ex-husband off guard. And he's like, uh, what? And he's like, I'm not naming him that. I'm not naming him what we were doing. Like, that's, that's like your, I don't, it's like your uncle's name. And I don't even like him. Like that, like that whole, <laughs> like it's just this thing that goes back and forth. I'm like, you can't just change the name right now. And they, they're fighting and they're bickering. And then the, the godparents are the main characters and they're yeah. trying to, they're trying to resolve the situation. And it's like real awkward in the crowd and they're throwing names back and forth. And it's really, it's like getting really awkward. And as it gets awkward, one of them turns to the priest and goes, what's your name? <laughs> and he goes, Thomas. And they all go, Oh, Thomas. Right. <laughs> and they just go with Thomas and they baptize him. <laughs> It is. It's just really silly, but uh, it's a good show. It's just really. It's 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 very heartwarming, um, and I just I love it. It's also that sounds what you just described sounds like the domestic version of what I pitched for the Eternals issue with Thanos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, and then the other show. So I, I I watched Kim and I watched two seasons of Master of None in like three days. Okay, loved it. I loved right. it because we i i could have swore you texted me like about watching master of none season three and i was like um didn't we just talk about this a couple weeks ago and you were like hadn't seen it and didn't really know anything about it like didn't i just describe it to you or was i an asshole and you would watch it and i described it to you anyway like what exactly happened there yeah. didn't realize you like binged the first two seasons before that yeah and hooked we were hooked immediately we yeah i love that show so good great television uh well written well performed Great characters. Loved. Yeah. I loved diving in with every character. Mm-hmm. Right, and then we're like, "Oh, cool! We we've caught up." And next week is the premiere of the third season. Awesome. We sat down to watch the the third season, where what felt like four years into the first episode, <laughs> and we were just like, "Why did you? Why did you do this? Why did you take something that was so good? It is. It was the I." I I can't speak for the rest of the season because I didn't watch the rest of it. I was so turned off by the change in pace and the change in style that I am not interested in the rest of the season. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people say that they wish they had just done this as a separate show. This is a different show. It's not It's not even remotely the same show. It doesn't <coughs> matter. Well, the characters have the same names. That's well, it. Especially since, like, from what I understand... Like the Lena Waithe character is almost not like in any way, shape, or form similar to her character on the first two seasons. Hmm. Uh, which character is that? The one of the two leads. Oh, yeah. Uh, D. I don't remember her name. Or, much, honestly, it's been a couple of years since second season of Master None came out. So. I'm, I'm getting. I've been getting pretty bad with um, actual actors' names lately. Yes, D. Oh, Denise. Okay. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. 
you had mentioned another character the other day, and I had to look up the name because I was I was like, is it Big Bud? <laughs> yeah, I always I always forget the character's name. I just it's Eric Wareheim. Um, that that's that's funny. Yeah, from Tim so, and Eric. Yes. And well, here and that's that's the thing. I was like, I understand. I understood what like okay, if if he's gonna take a step back based on things that have happened, and we're gonna move on to another character, totally fine. However, I was I liked Dee's character. Yeah, that's what I'm I, saying. I, from what what I heard, like. Her character in this season is almost shares nothing in like similarity That's, with the character yeah, she was playing in the it's first season. Completely, it's completely off, and like I would say, like one of the strongest episodes of the previous two seasons was that Thanksgiving episode. Which it is, is it's it's an incredibly critically acclaimed, which like, is her episode. episode. Like that's the episode yes. of, uh, that it was really, her. it was really good. I and I was so if that's when I was like that's kind of why I was excited. I was like, okay, if he's stepping back, and we are going to focus on this character. If we're going to do anything like that, this is going to be great. If we're going to show this character's growth, skipping ahead while characters are growing is not a good move. No. You're you're we're here for that ride. We've established that these characters need growth and they are doing it. And then you're skipping ahead to where it's it, it just did not it's it's wrong. I I'm not on board with this season at all. Yeah, don't sell me on we're going to tell you a story about a plant growing, but then don't show me the plant growing, just show me the plant. That's not how it, it and I understand, like, it's like one of those things where, like, I know it's like, oh, you can't judge the whole season. I, I know that I'm not allowed to judge the whole season. However, I heard there was I will one, not be watching the rest of the season. I heard there was one real standout episode towards the end. And even that, they kind of flub with the skip forward thing towards the end, of it, apparently. Um, I know that as far as the pacing and the way this show was shot was very particular it was kind of like hearkening back to was it ingmar bergman movies or show or something like that that like apparently because he wanted to take a step back and not be in the spotlight of the show itself aziz like directed every episode in this season which he hadn't done previously and decided to become like a film like school student type person mm. while making this show and teach their own it's his show he can do whatever he wants but sure um, yeah, I'm very concerned with what I've heard. I mean, I've heard some good about it, but more people have been dissatisfied with it so far. There is something about that statement that you just said. It's his show we could do with it every once. Like, I I kind of agree when the show is starting, but we've been pitched on what the show is for two seasons. I just wish if they were going to do this specifically, it's not the new season of Master Nun. Like, it's Master of Nuns, you know, colon, this, sure. where it's like, this is not season three. This is its own thing in the universe. That yeah, we're gonna make it. It's gonna come out before the next season of Actual Master of None, or whatever. Because mm-hmm. this is gonna like sour anyone on wanting to come back. And even if they has a great trailer, it's like, oh hey, everything back yeah. to what it was. But part of what made the first two seasons so great was like the second season wasn't just an extension of the first season. They went and branched out in new and different directions. It was yeah. a lot of different things. Now, obviously, there were some things that took on but like the first episode was all in black and white and it was all in italy and, and then like they so kind of leave good. that behind maybe the second best sh- episode of the series yeah and then there was a episode which honestly to me it was a little bit frustrating at first but i grew to appreciate it the scene where they just handed off to random people in new york and follow these random ass people in new oh, york yeah, for the they, rest they, of the episode that was like, cool but that all coalesced around going to see the movie yeah um yeah that was a good like, episode too very experimental in the show and this obviously is experimental in its own way um but like it feels like the type of thing where it's like okay if you want to do that thing like you go do it for an episode Mm -hmm. 
right? And then you come back to other things. It sounds like that's not going to be the case, though. It's that's just I, mean, it's like, I could have given it one episode, but Kim Kim was like, I need to look into this because if this is what this if this no, is it's a whole season. season is, I'm not into it. And she looked into it. She's like, yeah, this is it. I was like, no, and we just we bailed because Aziz's character was his name Dev, right? Dev, yeah. Like he's in it, right? But barely. He was in the first episode for a little bit. I don't. I've heard he pops he in and out like a couple of times, but he's barely in it at all. And again, if they're gonna def like centralize the show from like not being around him as much, fine. But it's weird if he's like gonna barely be in it at all. Yeah, uh, it was very upsetting. Which again makes more sense if it's like what was what was it scenes of love or something like that? Was it, it was like subtitled or whatever? If it, like Some, if they yeah. created a show called that, you know you know scenes of love a master of none you know Honestly, pr- production or whatever yeah. you know what i mean where it's like oh we're doing this thing over here we'll get back to master of none eventually like this is just the story mm-hmm. we want to tell over here like but even, I don't know. even that like and if you if you say that i almost think that needs to be it needs to be another degree of separation these characters the characters that they were showing me were not the same characters well that i mean that of course i'm in my hypothetical here where you know denise is denise She's just going off on her tangent, right? Like, not a borderline entirely new character. And all I want to do is rewatch the first two seasons and then stop at the end of the second one because I, I, I was so into it. It was was a really good good. show. His dad cracked me up. Oh my god! Is is it? It's kind of my dad. There's a little bit of. But oh man, it's just he's too it's funny. It, hey, I think it's, hey it's just man, an it's just an immigrant. The way he constantly just, says "Hey man" to him is so good. It's just I think it's just an immigrant dad thing, right? Probably. <laughs> some some of the things like when he's like when, that he's like trying to ask Dev for help with. It's just like I've I have had this exact interaction. <laughs> well, it's just because like your your dad's Italian and his dad's Indian, right? And like, yeah. <laughs> but like they're kind of the same person. Yes. <laughs> I think it's just an immigrant dad thing. I don't oh know. Oh my god. That whole episode not the well, the whole episode was good, but the episode where uh he hangs out with his dad for a little bit at work and it's like all of the things that have gotten stuck up people's butts. <laughs> and or that or that oh no all the things all the stuff people swallowed. This it leads into somebody sat like has a toothbrush up their butt. But all the things that people swallowed and he's kept them. And he's like, oh, yeah, we just tell them that we've thrown that away. And he keeps the whole keepsake. And he's like, is this an engagement ring? I probably should have given that one back. <laughs> uh, so silly. But man, it's, that's a shame. It's a shame. Anyway, we bailed on that. We decided to start watching Homeland. Okay. You'll probably bail on that eventually. Oh, yeah? Well, we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Yeah, I know. But, but I thought you said it was good for a while, though. Oh, no, I mean, like, when I say that, I don't, I, like, you'll make it through the first season for sure. Like, mm. I, but I mean, like, you're, my guess would be you won't watch all eight seasons. Okay. That's, that's more what I was getting at. Like, gotcha. you'll probably watch, like, want to even bother. You'll probably watch, like, three or four of them. I'm definitely already annoyed, but it's the, it's the first episode, and I will say that I, I, I'm usually okay with giving the first episode the benefit of the doubt. The problem with Master of None, it's not the first episode, it's like the 17th. And you completely derailed the show. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a different situation. Um, yeah. 
Wait, so you're already annoyed at the first episode of Homeland? I was just like, I, it was pilot issues, I think. It was just yeah, getting, getting it has connected with issues. the characters, and it's fine. Sure. So I, I'm ready to move on and, and get to the next thing. Yeah, no, like, the first the first season is legitimately very strong. Uh, another thing that I'm not watching, but listening to, okay. audiobook, is okay. uh, after talking with you and Brian, I was like, oh, I have an Audible credit. I'm going to download Without Remorse. I understand that both of you were like, it's not the same as the movie. Correct. But it's not even close. And I was like, huh, this book is very good. It <laughs> like is. the movie, I enjoyed the movie. This book is very good. Yeah. And uh, uh, like I generally all of them. Generally all of them are, but it, no, it's yeah. a really good book. Yeah. I'm um, really, really into it. I honestly, about the only similarities is Navy SEAL, Dead Wife. Right. <laughs> So far, that's about it. I'm like waiting for something else to also connect, and I'm like, it, it's probably not. I should probably just focus on the book. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not going to get much more, honestly. Because, like I said, two separate conspiracies one of them, like cleaning up the streets of Baltimore, the other one, some weird thing overseas. Like, you know, <laughs> I do a, uh, do a little workout in the morning, pop my headphones in, go for a two mile walk, and while I'm walking, listen to, listen to Without Remorse. Get get about a chapter. I get about through about a chapter in that time frame. Nice, pretty good, pretty good, solid. Well, on the topic of what what we're reading and or listening to, I'm still plugging away at the expanse. I'm now fully beyond the realm of the show, which mm-hmm. was exciting and terrifying at the same time. I am, I think, a little bit past halfway of the book that was like next past where the events of the show was. So, okay, I still have like two and a half books left. Plus the one that's going to be released at some point this year. So I'm beyond the halfway point of the series. It's it's still pretty excellent. Um, It's, you know, it's been a task. It's been around for, I've been doing a lot of reading for the last few months, which is great because I didn't for like a couple of years after that year where I read probably too many books. And you're enjoying it. Oh yeah. yeah. Are you enjoying the process of reading? Yeah, I do. Um, It's funny because I still, you know, me and my brother's friend Brian are both reading them, but he's listening the way you are, um, and I'm reading. But like, he won't read slash listen for a couple of days, and then he'll have like six hours of driving in the car. So, <laughs> like, we're doing this right. thing where like I'll pass him, and then he'll blow way by me. Like, yeah. So it's interesting having that experience. I, I also liked what they did with this book. I thought it was a cool way to kind of break up the format because for all the other books in a similar vein to like game of Thrones, where it's like, okay, like for this book, X, Y, and Z characters have points of view for that book. They'll have a set number of them. It's two for the first book. It's like four for the second book and the fourth book. And I think it was a little bit more for the third book. I think it might've been five characters um, for this one. There's like 20 points of view. <laughs> now, most of them are, characters who've already had them in the past and or other important and or main characters who didn't have a point of view, but are always very firmly in the front of what's going on Mm. in this one. Basically anyone who's had a chapter in the past has a chapter or several chapters, but other main characters who never had a chapter are also getting a chapter or three, which is really cool. And it's, it speaks to what's going on in the book where it is truly the biggest in scope. Like there are so many different things going on in so many different places, but still, and it's actually a really cool effect in this one. Cause unlike in game of Thrones, where 
when you go from one chapter to another, when you go from one point of view to another, you're typically going to a totally different place. What I, I found very cool about this series is at times two point of view characters end up in the same place together. And so one chapter leads to the next and you go from the one character's perspective on what's going on minute to minute. Now you're getting another, and it's not bouncing back and forth. It's like, okay, we've wrapped up this and now we jump immediately to this other person who's been Mm -hmm. in the room with that person for the past hour. And you're getting their thoughts on what's just happened and where it's going to go next. And you wonder how those two things, because you're only getting one piece of the puzzle in each case, but together it's creating this whole big picture which is actually a really cool way to do that. I've never quite seen that before. That's pretty cool. And then also there's still some random ass characters who get chapters once in a while. <laughs> there's a, a cool, a kind of a cool thing where there's like four characters that we've never met before, like who are largely irrelevant characters in the grand scheme of things. There's four of them. And like every several chapters, one of each of the four has gotten one chapter to kind of show passage of time in this there's a big space where something's going on where it's like, that's totally random. Instead of checking back in with the same person, we're getting just ever so slightly different perspective, considering they're all part of the same faction, you know? That's pretty cool. Nice. uh, Anything else we want to talk about reading, watching? No, that's all I've been reading and watching, unfortunately. Nice. Like I said, I'm lucky. Uh, <laughs> I definitely still have like the end of uh, I have the end of Ready Player Two. I just haven't gotten back to it. I I, I stopped reading for no reason other than like I I just started doing something else, and then I haven't gone back to it. And it was or it was finally starting to get better, and that's when I stopped. I have to go finish it. I've been through that phenomenon before it's a hard one i i don't have an answer for like psychologically what's going on for you because i can't explain it what has happened to me either at at the end of the day i i it's i guess it really comes down to i don't care enough at this point to finish it i would like to know i would like the resolution Mm -hmm. but i feel like largely it's going to be a whatever resolution it is odd that you picked up a different book though place of well Well, i guess part of it's because one's audible and one's exactly i'm not gonna i'm not gonna walk two miles with a kindle up to my face no, why not? Although I will say <laughs> I zone out when I'm listening to the Audible. I, I believe it. And I, I'm back at home and the chapter's over. I'm like, did I look crossing the street? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like one of those that's, that, that's always the worst where you're like, you, you get out of your car at home. It's like, I don't remember driving home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're just kind of on autopilot. Sometimes your car is on autopilot. <laughs> <laughs> we don't all have Teslas. <laughs> uh yeah. Anyway, so that that's what I've been uh, reading in quotes. Yeah, that's not necessarily reading. Um, but yeah, what other topics you got? Anything else? Well, about? the other one I wanted to ask you about is um, how has your experience been with Mass Effect Legendary so far? Oh, it's been fantastic, Al. Well, that's good to hear. It's been fantastic. So here's what here's so far. Uh, I played. I've played twice so far. I played the first night. I was able to get sit down with it after it came out because I had some. Things going on, and then eventually I was able to sit down and I played. And I played like maybe uh, an hour or so. I got basically I got back to the Normandy and I got to the Citadel and I turned it off. It's a perfect amount of time for your first foray. Finish the prologue, you know, meet everyone. Yeah. Finish the prologue mission. Arrive at the Citadel. Perfect amount of time to play the first time. Then I played for four hours. <laughs> also, the perfect amount of time to spend on the second session because you get to do all the Citadel stuff and maybe leave the Citadel. Yeah, exactly. I did everything I could do in the Citadel and left, uh, including evict the space racist from my party. What? 
And she's gone. I put somebody else in my party. I mean, she's not gone. She's still on your ship. She's there, but she's not in my party. She's not walking around with me. I am not associating with her for the remainder of the game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> until, that's fine. Until, I'm just like I'm until just it forces like, me to. No, I'm just like. Did you find Did you find an Easter egg where you can kill her early? Is that what? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, because technically there are ways for you to like not recruit a couple of other characters. So I was like, not that I've ever done that, but like, mm-hmm. I, like, I actually think there, the first time I played the game, I'm not sure that I did recruit everybody. Which is, it's tough to do, honestly, if you, like, truly try and, like, play the game. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. like, short of being an absolute asshole, just be like, no, we have no interest in you joining us. Like, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, But my my party is currently, uh, was it Gareth? Is that his name? Garrus. Garrus. Garrus and uh, something with a T, two names. Uh, Tali. Tali, yeah. Yeah. Cool. Good choices. Uh, So these two are, these two are my homies. Uh, the mm-hmm. other two, the other three people, I was like, they, they've done or said something where I'm like, please go away from me now. And uh, okay. it's a little judgy, but OK. Yeah. Well, I Rex, also is, have, Rex, like, Rex is awesome, too. Like, I Rex, also Garrett, have and memories of like playing and, and they get I, I, certain things happening where I'm like, I, I don't think I want these people around me. But uh, yeah, no, Rex, Re- Rex is fun, but he's also he's a little bit of a wild card for the way I play the game. <laughs> sure. Uh, why? Did you, why? Because he killed Fist. He kills that guy. I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> you have got to cool it. <laughs> Listen, man, he finished the job. He was hired. He also, he did, I mean, he did that's a shame on me, right? He told me he was going to do it. <laughs> that's also true. He remember when you meet him, he says, "I'm going to kill him." Then you took him with him. He kills him and says, "I was paid to kill him." No. Can you really be mad at him? Is that whole awkward thing where you go into that uh, that one area and like the woman that uh, that alien she asks you for help and it's like everybody else oh they all go to see her there's a long list I'm like is this a, what what kind of services are you providing I'm not I'm <laughs> it's not entirely clear they've always been a little bit vague on it she's kind of part psychiatrist part prostitute I was gonna say is this kind of like a whorehouse situation but like run by Mantis. <laughs> kind of actually okay. yeah <laughs> it's not a bad way to uh to like summarize it anyway uh i'm really i'm i'm really into it and i forgot the music for that game i see i've been saying this for a long time oh the, so good i you know think the music's good up... for that one though the second one. Oh my god yeah i'm, I'm excited because as you know i think i've only gotten maybe a couple hours into the second one so oh i thought for some reason, you had completed the second one, but definitely never played the third or something. No, like never like completed the second one and definitely didn't play the third. So, Okay. Uh, the one thing I've heard, I, I still have not had a chance to try it out myself, is that they really smoothed out the rough patches of the combat in the first one. I was going to say, it, it it plays fine. I, I'm enjoying myself. So, Because, yeah. well, like, I mean, I jumped in funky. and played, like, replayed the trilogy. I tried to get it once a year-ish. Um, and like, I, you know, so I played the first one like six months ago and it's really, it's honestly, it's bad. Like the combat is bad um, for the first one. Uh, so it's nice to hear that they've like updated it enough that it makes it functional. Yeah. It's, it's not so bad. I've, I've been, I've been fine playing it. I will say when, when you, when you replay it, I'm curious, are you like, how deep into it are you going? Like, are you are you doing all of the, the side quests? Like, I, like, what is it like? When you yeah, why not? Well, is there any reason not to? I don't know. I'm just kind of like, if you've done them so many times, it's like, are there ones that you enjoy and ones that you dislike that you just skip? Or like, oh, there's definitely ones I all. 
don't enjoy that I try and just rush through as much as possible. But the point is that I love the game so much that I'd like to embrace most of what's going on. And the thing is, like, even some of the little things, there's some of the side quests and stuff that don't matter. But because I know what I got to do, like, you can get through it pretty quickly or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. It's worth it to, you know, beef up your experience and your your cash and all that stuff. Um, Mm. But there are plenty of little things that, you know, you might see that character again for five minutes in the second or third game. Or that decision you made might affect what happens at some point or other. You know, maybe this person dies if you don't do that thing in in the third game when you need all the assets you can get to fight the war to get, like, the the full, truest, best endings or whatever. That person's not going to be around anymore or whatever, Mm. you know? Sometimes finishing it off gets you a cool gadget or whatever. So that's especially true in the first one where like mm. inventory is like an actual thing. Like you got to do certain quests to get cool, like upgrades and like armor and guns and shit. So gotcha. I will say I, uh, uh, as of late, I think I've, I, I'm, I'm coming to the conclusion that I don't think I like, um, attribute assignment and RPGs and think I just, I, I, I kind of glaze over when I have to do it. And I was, very delighted to find that I was able to select a button that says auto level me up and assign attributes based on what I'm doing. <laughs> and that, that was helpful. Uh, I kind of get where you're at. Um, it depends on the game. I mean, like for something like it does Jedi fallen order, right? Like that's true. It's that game gonna I substantially affect game. your play style. And in this, in mass effect one, there are certain like passive talents you really desperately need to unlock, but other than that, it's kind of just you're getting a little boost to your damage or something recharges faster or whatever. Yeah. So some of that is kind of mindless. But in the second and third one, now two things. One, they kind of in the second one they dramatically strip down the 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 tree, so it's much. Well, that's quicker. that's the other thing. If it's too much, I'm like when I see that when I'm overwhelmed by the amount of options, I go, I don't want to do this. Three, there's much more options in a similar vein to one, but you can see the true benefits. Of, like, like, like what'll happen is pick any given power. Right, the first three, you're just locked in. You, just, you click it, and it'll say. But like when you click it, it'll tell you. It's not just a scaled version of thing. It's like okay, if you upgraded this. Upgrade, you're going to get 25% recharge, like right. increase. Great, cool. The next time you do it, it's, well, this time you're going to, it's going to do 50% more damage. Like, okay, that's straightforward. And after you do the first three power, like points in each power, it becomes a branching thing. And, but it doesn't lock you in. Like, you could pick the bottom option on the fourth branch, but the top option on the fifth branch it doesn't matter. But you start evolving the powers and, like, okay, I'm using, I'm a biotic and I'm using pull. If I upgraded this one, I'll shoot two projectiles and I can lift two people instead of one. Hmm. That's a tangible benefit. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I can think of how this is going to be super useful to me because when I pair it with throw, which also turns into two, oh, wow, I can launch two people to the fucking sun. You know? Hmm. <laughs> All right. So how do I do this? How do I launch people to the sun? I want to I want to do this. Well, that's a Mass Effect 3 specific thing. But okay. uh, I mean, actually, technically, you could do it in one. If you play as biotic, you can use lift and then you can use throw. And as long as you your vector is correct. That person will go flying because when they're lifted, they are technically have no mass. Like it's functionally zero. So gravity doesn't really affect them. And so then when you hit them with throw, they will go to the moon. <laughs> Amazing. Do they actually like exit the play area? I mean, if you're yeah. facing like a ledge, they will. <laughs> oh, this is this is my speed. I'm going to have to do that. I, I can't do that right now. I don't think because I'm a soldier, but uh, no. 
I, I, you could respec in the next game, though, right? At the start of the second game, you can respec. Cool. Yeah. Um, I see that. Nice. Anyway, I'm very much enjoying it. I'm looking forward to playing. Also, I gotta be honest, you chose the clear-cut worst class in the first game. I didn't. I was overwhelmed. You should have asked me. You should have You should have gotten with me before you started and said, hey. I probably should have. What am I looking for? This is the place I'm looking forward to. Tell me what to do. And I would have guided you in the proper direction. Okay. Well, maybe for two and three. Okay. Now that we're this far. Uh, because I'm not, start, for, I'm not starting over. No, I'm not saying you should, but the soldier yeah. has zero powers. He does, yeah, but which is great because I've been, uh, I've been really, I've been pretty good with my guns, though. Which is incredible because historically the guns were by far the worst part of the. Very good with this sniper rifle. The sniper rifle was borderline useless in the original version. Oh, dude, game. I just whip that thing out and bang, I just level people. It's yeah. awesome. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, cool. Anything else? No, Think I'm it's good. time for fun and games. Would you say yes? All right, Al. For fun and games this week, I believe it is your turn. That's correct. Okay. You got something uh, for me? I have a movie for you. Um, okay. Hang on a sec. Okay. No, I just wanted to do, uh, double check one thing about it. We are all good to go uh, at your discretion. Okay. Did this movie come out before the year 2000? Yes. Uh, does this movie hold any notable Academy Awards? It does not. Uh, is this movie... Did this movie come out before the year 1990? No. Okay, cool. We got a 90s movie. All right, we're <laughs> in my wheelhouse. I feel like we should be good. Is this movie a comedy? Um, Have we done this movie on the show? Uh, I don't believe so. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm going to feel really bad if we did and I don't remember. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, am I... <laughs> Am I particularly fond of this movie? It's kind of a loaded question, is it not? You have, ex- you have expressed interest in this movie before, yes. Interest in the movie? Well, you enjoy the movie, okay? Okay. Okay. Does this movie star Jim Carrey? No. Okay. I don't, get to, I don't think I want to get too, too wrapped up in the actor just, actors just yet. Uh... Is this movie rated PG-13 or lower? Um, yes. <laughs> Sorry, just the way you phrased the question. Is <laughs> this movie rated like, R it's not like, probably been a good, a good way to ask that? Yeah, it's just, like, it's fair to ask it that way. It's just, typically when a question is asked in that way, it's like a number. Yeah. Where, like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So uh, you just caught me off guard a little bit. <laughs> So that's eight questions. Okay, so we've got a we've got a, a '90s comedy, not an Academy Award award worthy film, which is typically the case in comedy. Not starring Jim Carrey. I am fond of it. I like this movie. Is how you phrase it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, is this a um, this one? Is this a is this like a buddy comedy, like a? Not necessarily, but it could be buddy cop or like, like, do you know what I mean by buddy comedy? Does that no, mean? I want you to define that if you're going to use this as a question. Um, two co-leads that work very closely uh, in delivering the humor as the, <laughs> throughout the movie. No. Okay. Interesting. Okay. Um, is there a single 
notable lead of the movie. When you say that, do you mean from a character perspective or actor-actress perspective? Oh, man. So, somehow you tripped me up on my own question. <laughs> I don't know what I think I'm also getting better at like asking for clarification in a way that won't tip off <laughs> the way I'm leaning to answer your question. Okay. Um, hmm. I, I retract it because I don't know how to, I don't know how to, uh, okay, that's fine. How to, how to ask we'll it. Stay at nine questions for now. Okay. All right. Um, is, would you, Al, uh, categorize this movie as family friendly? <laughs> that's a loaded question. Um, when you say family friendly, what do you mean by that? Uh, as a, uh, are, are, as an adult, would you watch this with your kids? As a kid, would you watch this with your parents well i will say that i watched it with my parents when i was okay. a kid that doesn't mean that that was I also right saw call. terminator 2 when i was three years old that's what so. i'm saying is like that wasn't that's like that's that's a tough question to answer okay well uh, how about this you watched it with your with your family when you were a kid was that a mistake <laughs> well i still enjoy the movie so i'm gonna say no but okay. whether or not that was like objectively the correct call or not I don't I, feel comfortable answering that question, honestly. I feel like I may have misled myself with the question of, is this a comedy? I probably should have stated, I should have asked, is this primarily, like, is the primary genre of this movie comedy? It's probably what I should have asked. So I'm thinking I'm, I think I might ask that. I feel like it's, a, I don't know if it's a waste. Actually, I don't know if it's a waste. Do I want to ask? Um, I'm still not going to charge you a question because I didn't really answer your question. So, okay. Uh, is this movie primarily a comedy? Is the primary genre of this movie comedy? I think it is, but it's kind of a hybrid one. So how about this? I'll give you, as an answer to that question, it's an action comedy. Okay. Like, well, since we we know we're outside of the 90s, it's not Step Brothers. You know what I mean? Like, it's an action comedy, okay? Yeah. Um, It's not a buddy. Uh, Is there, uh, does this, does this movie have... An ensemble cast? It does. <laughs> okay. 90s comedy, ensemble cast, action comedy, ensemble cast. Um, <laughs> this is the old inside baseball. Does your dad really <laughs> like this movie? My dad enjoys the movie. Pee Wee Herman in this movie? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Is this movie Mystery Men? It is. Woo! <laughs> I uh, I gotta be honest with you. I really don't remember the movie that much. Oh, I thought you liked the movie. I thought we've talked about it in the past. So. We talked about it. Like I I I remember like pockets of the movie. I just I know we've talked about this movie on multiple occasions. So I'm gonna chalk that up. And you're not like, oh my god, I fucking hate that movie. So like, I is gonna, I was gonna chalk that up to like you like the movie. Well, is is Kel in it? Yes, of Keenan and Kel thing. Yeah, it's Ben Stiller. It's Hank Azaria. Wow. It's William H Macy. Janine Garofalo. Kel Thompson, Paul right. Rubens. Um, yeah, what's it's Keenan Thompson, so not Kel Thompson. I oh, sorry. I put the two of them together. No, well, it's not Keenan Thompson. It's Kel Mitchell then. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Rush, Greg Kinnear, Wes Duty, Eddie Izzard. That's funny. That's been a long time. I like that the, the one character that can turn invisible, but only if you're not looking. Yeah, that was Kel. Ah, uh, what, what a great setup there. <laughs> it, it is great. It's a stupid, stupid joke until they actually pay it off. <laughs> yeah, definitely. 
Oh man, a good one. That was a good pick. I, I appreciated that one. I'm glad we got there. I'm always I, I panic during this stuff because I've seen so many movies, but like I'm always like under the pressure of of uh, twenty questions. I feel like did you just well, hear a weird ringing noise? Yes, um, it was like a a quick squeak or ring or whatever. At least on my end, but that was weird. Yeah, I always once if I hit a serious snag. If I think I can get momentum early and I hit a serious snag around like question like seven, I panic. I'm like, Oh God, I'm so lost. And I only have like admittedly more than yeah. half of the questions left. It's like, where do I go next? So oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Cause man. you almost did it too. You said it like, you're like, I'm not going to go down the character rabbit hole. Cause it's hard to do that. And cause if you get it right, it makes it super easy. But if you get it wrong, you start to flip. Yeah. Cause you could, you could burn too many questions doing yes. it. Yes. Oh. oh man. That's fun. I like this game. I am a fan. All right, let us get into our flick of the week. The Gentleman. An American expat tries to sell off his highly profitable marijuana empire in London, triggering plots, schemes, bribery, and blackmail in an attempt to steal his domain out from under him. It's a really wordy synopsis. It is wordy. It's about as wordy as this film. Uh, which is... Fantastic. I really, <laughs> really liked this movie. And I haven't, I feel like I haven't felt this way about a movie in a while. Like where I really liked it. Well, the, the, honestly, it was somewhat through the lens of this movie that I was like, man, it's been a rough fucking year of movies. Cause like, this is honestly my favorite movie of the last year of movies. Yeah. And it came out the year before. No, it came out right before the pandemic. It came out in like February of last year. I'm pretty sure. Didn't it? Yeah, it was 2019. Oh, I thought it was 2020. On the release date. I don't know why I thought it was 2020. But uh, it might have been the end of 2019. Yeah, maybe. I, I, thought, I thought it was like February of last year. Maybe but, it was like November or December of 2019. Either way, yeah. it's one of the last movies that came out. <laughs> good, good, good movie. Why don't you uh, hit me with your tweet length review? What a fahun fahucking time. That's it, really. Eight out of ten. Nice. Uh, fast, fun, and chaotic with dialogue and storytelling mechanics that will have you hooked time and time again. How else can I put it? The gentleman is just so fucking good. <laughs> Nine out of ten. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's I, just... I loved it. It's a good, fun movie. Um, I will say, I, you know, I watched it twice in the past couple of months, uh, plus caught a couple of snippets or whatever. Mm-hmm. Watching it the first time, it really grabs you and, like, yanks you um, along for the ride. I still really enjoyed it in the second time around. There is something to, I think the first time you watch this movie, but it's sure. not like the hangover that like almost loses its value upon rewatch. It still has a lot of rewatchability, but there is a, an element of uniqueness to watching it the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I could see that. I did not rewatch it after the first time, but yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from. There is, I think what separates this from something like The Hangover, which, like you're saying, like it, it, it kind of dips after that initial shock value of everything, is that while you don't really know where it's going because of the way that it's narrated and because of the way it jumps into different spots of time and how certain things get rewound because they're not actually accurate to the story, uh, even knowing where it's going, I can see the mechanics of telling the story are still very fun to watch. Like It's just yeah. enjoyable to, to be a part of. Well, a couple of the big laugh moments are definitely shock value type moments. So you sure. lose a little bit of that upon rewatch. But the actual core it was of the storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is starting to become a trend. You might want to invest in parachutes. 
It's like something like that, like you're, is gonna get you every time because yeah. it's like a fun line. It's a it's a well written line, well delivered by McConaughey. Um, and there's Playing a lot of with me, Raymond. Buenas tardes, Raymundo. So yeah, like there's performances like McConaughey's, and uh, even more so, obviously, um, Hugh Grant and and Matthew Strong, um, both of them incredible. I know. You still haven't got a chance to get around to succession yet, but he's he plays like the best way to phrase it is the lead son in succession. Okay. And he's nothing like this character in that show. He right. is a really talented actor and he's great in this. Um Henry Golding is great. Um so it's just a good time because of the writing and performances. Yeah. And those will bring you back to continue to enjoy it after the first time you've seen it. When you lose some of the true shock value moments, you'll still get the strong performances, the really well-written, well-constructed. And like you said, there's enough cool little dynamics and wrinkles to the storytelling that make this not super conventional that is entertaining even upon rewatching that you know it's coming the second time. Yeah, they. I mean, they, uh, they really got me off the bat uh, with the... Uh, Matthew McConaughey walking into the bar, ordering the, the the pickled egg and the beer, and sitting down, and then the gunshot and blood spatter. I went, what in the world? I I had expectations for what this movie was going to be like. And I was told that he that. was the lead. I was <laughs> yeah. told he was the lead of this movie, and he is dead. Okay, sure, we're going to get a flashback, but he's dead. <laughs> but I was like, oh my god. Okay, I guess we're going to build up to this for the next two hours, uh, and then. What I liked about it and what I love about a movie like this where they do that whole, here's a thing that happened. Now let's rewind and talk about the lead up to it. And then the being like it subverting your expectations that whole time of like where it's going to go. As we got there, I made the call mentally like, oh, okay, he's actually not dead. Like it's, it's, it's Raymond was in the car. Like there's no way Raymond would have betrayed him. Like I, they, they ground that character so well that it, there is no doubt in my mind that he is 100% on his side, on Michael's mm-hmm. side, right? So, yeah. like, if that were a twist, that would have actually been bad writing because they built the character in such a way that he is very loyal to Michael. Sure, the only other way... He's a gentleman. Could have, <laughs> the only other way, right, like, that it could shake him, could have shaken out was someone else betrays Raymond and then gets the jump on him, right? You know, sure. Or there's someone waiting in the bar that they couldn't have foreseen, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. It becomes like grounded in, in your core that it certainly won't be rain, right? Right. Something else has to happen. Yeah, ex- exactly. But I, so what I liked about that is like then we lead up to that moment where like I've I've personally made the call. Okay, this is not where it's going. How is the rest of the movie going to play out then? And then to skip to cut it there because what we've been doing this whole time is Hugh Grant is narrating the story that he thinks is happening. Yes, a then- fictionalized version that he is he's reading the tea leaves and putting together the puzzle and he has like 90% of it correct, but the 10% he doesn't is just super important parts that he doesn't have correct. (laughs) Exactly. And then like, and then to actually follow it up with like, okay, then what's next? And actually let that unfold as the rest of the movie is really cool. Uh, And then to also to pitch the, to pitch the movie to Miramax, who is the production company behind the actual movie that we're in. Pretty awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yes, some some nice fourth wall breaking, um, especially because I think they they take a shot at Miramax. I think he takes a shot at Miramax in yeah. the movie. Like, mm-hmm. but I also I thought it was just generally a cool framing device having this whole movie delivered to us as him pitching a script 
yep. for the movie that you're watching. Like that I thought was a really cool way to do it because it's not because it is technically fourth wall breaking, but isn't in like the like traditional pool, like wink, wink, nod, nod. It's like, no, yeah. like this is just what's happening. Like we're not mm. doing the, like it's not the princess bride where it's like it's, it's all you know, but turning story. to the camera. Yeah, like we're reading the story and we're having some fun with at the expense of the fact that we're telling the story and it's us telling yeah. the story that you're watching. They're doing that functionally, but without some of that like baggage that comes along with it for good or bad. For sure. It's um it's so entertaining. I do I love the pace of the movie. Mm-hmm. Constantly it's constantly moving forward. There is and never then when a they choose moment. say even when they choose to slow things down for a second, there's still something going on. Right, it's they just, slow it down, but the tension comes up, and it's not right. like it's not just a lull. It's like the the entire time your heart is racing for one reason or another, and when you're that's just like the, super invested. That's the benefit of having the framing device of telling the story, right? Because yeah. we're going to pause here because this is where I'm going to ask for clarification as I'm telling the story, or this is where I'm going to needle you and see if I can get it, like poke and prod and, and see if mm-hmm. uh, I can get a rise out of you. This sort of stuff. Also, sometimes it's just purely an attempt to showcase Hugh Grant being ridiculous, which yeah. he does tremendously, or it advances like the outer story that's going on. That's happening currently considering the story right. he's telling in the movie pitch has already happened, but, but like, very recently, right now. <laughs> but things are still happening in like, direct response to what happened like a day ago. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. It's so, it's so clever. I, I just, I really love it. But the, Hugh Grant had me for two thirds of the movie. I was like, this guy, like he is the standout star of this movie. He is awesome. This, whatever this character is that he's putting on is absolutely absurd. The only time he's, I've ever seen him in the realm of this is when he plays Jim Broadbent's brother in cloud Atlas. Mm. In the the story where he plays denim in the story with yeah, uh, yeah. Timothy Cavendish, that's the only thing in like the same stratosphere as this character that I've yeah. ever seen. Agreed, uh, and same. And I ha- granted, I haven't seen him in a <laughs> grant. I haven't seen him in a <laughs> lot of stuff, but like, yes, I'm I'm with you on that. Like, he there's something he's like he's having a lot of fun in this role. And well, he I feel like, plays like a zipped up, like uptight type of character. Like, he's not yeah. usually the comedic relief. In this sort of sense, and, and he's typically not playing a slime bowl in this way, right? And he's he's killing. It. He's owning the screen from the moment he's on it, and I'm like, wow, like this is great. What a great character! He'll be the standout performance of this movie. And then Colin Farrell just swoops in <laughs> and takes it. He just takes it right out from under him. Come on, make it smart, make it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. When we had introduced a coach who is one of the best characters that I've seen in a very long time. Uh, and he is ordering some food, and like the people behind the counter know who he is, and they, and he's very nice. He's very respectful. He is a gentleman. And then all these hooligan kids are trying to like are being dicks, and he's just not having it. I love that. I love that character that doesn't that that stands up to people being rude. He's not a bad guy in that moment at all. He is no. just he's actually the good guy in that scene. He and is. also like not just being like a confrontational dick. Trying to teach him something too, honestly. Oh yeah, which is incredible because he a doesn't real, even know this. He's a coach. Yeah, which is like, which is also really, it's really funny. Like they really stuck to that with the character. Also, his outfits. His outfits are pretty tremendous. <laughs> uh, one of the things who that knew I, that there was plaid jumpsuits. It was, uh, you know, what they they family guide his character a little bit too, though. You know how you know the whole like repetition thing. Is it? It's mm-hmm. funny. It's not funny anymore. Okay, it's it's getting funny again. That's him fixing his glasses the entire movie. <laughs> 
Like at first, I was like, Wait, okay, that's was fine. that was that coach or was that Colin Farrell? Like? That, well, he I think it was he was in the role like he was. I feel like he was just a guy wearing glasses for a minute there, and it seemed very natural the first time. But then he kept doing it, and then it became a tick. And then he would do it throughout. He would do it when he's delivering information a lot. I was like, oh, like I really feel like thought went into making sure that he does this, or like even if it's his, if it was his choice as an actor, like the, make it. It felt very uh, intentional, yeah. even if the visual representation was a tick. Mm-hmm. Like it was done during, like while he was delivering certain information, or while he was nervous, or while he was trying to maintain composure. He would fix it, and I just like there was a lot of that in there, like some like it was like a little vice for him. And I, he would have he would have been a bad poker player. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, but it's, but he, he, he cracks me up in that scene. Yeah, come on, make it smart, make it funny, make it, make smart. it cool. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> go, go again, again, go again, better, ha- better, better. Yeah, <laughs> just how quickly he disarms the guys too. It's like oh, and, like not even funny. He's just slapping them. Mm-hmm. He slaps him upside the head. He slaps the knife out of his hand. Like it's so good. And then the way they realize who it is, and they're like, even like he's a legend, right? And then they, they know, and they're like, oh my god, like this is crazy. That whole thing was funny. I also like that he had. They did like they did some pretty amazing story, like world building around his character in a matter of like five to ten minutes of like showing you who he is. You understand why he commands the respect that he has, and they they do all this very quickly. Well, it's and two like, back-to-back scenes, right? Because it's those kids don't respect him, and you can see everyone else at the place, the customers and the people working there, know who he is, mm-hmm. and are like, "Oh shit, what's going to happen?" And he is as respectful as he can be to these pieces of shit. He needs hooligans. to like kind of like slap upside the head and let him know, like, "Hey, like, sharpen up." He gets a phone call. We get another scene directly after it, him going to the kids he's already helped and yeah. tried to fix, and they're fucking up, and he's like. Jesus Christ, I thought I taught you guys better than this. Yeah, yeah. How could you be this stupid? And you realize they all, like, you would expect those guys, like, flooded with testosterone. They're UFC fighter. Like, they're feeling themselves. They just took down a big score. And he comes in in a tower of rage. You would think that they'd buck back. And instead, they're like, oh, so- sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> sorry, coach. Like, sorry, oh, we dad. Screwed like, up. Yeah. Like, oh, we, we thought we did a good thing. And, like, we were going to cut you in. We didn't realize we fucked up, like, majorly. And, like, we're not going to like reflectively push back at you being mad. Like if you're this mad, we must've fucked up. Like, right. And then total faith to, and then to build on top of that, he then goes to meet uh, Raymond and be like, Hey, like this, this was my guys that did this. Um, That's my fault. Take that out on me. Not them. Like the whole, like to owning, owning, like taking ownership, being responsible for it. Like that's, that's like, it was so, that's why he is so stand up. And it's like, it's just so cool to watch. And uh, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be your guy, whatever you need. Is that enough? Like, and like, they kind of settle on that. Um, and then they, uh, what that ties, what that comes, plays out to jumping ahead again, the idea of like, I'm doing like, he does favors for this guy for Raymond for the rest of the movie. Uh, he gets to the third favor. It's beginning to be a bit much. He's like, I'm doing this one last one for you. And that's it. And like, it seems to be agreeable. He does the favor when he, kills the two guys that are coming to Raymond's house and comes back on screen and they pan up to him and he holds the number four up and <laughs> shakes his head and walks away. That was the, that was a mic drop moment for the character. It was perfect. And that's it, right? That's it for him for the rest of the movie. Well, until he walks out and he calls the the guys and they decided to go off book mm. 
and become fucking like Navy SEALs or something. I don't know yeah. exactly, like out of nowhere, which I'm still not 100% sure how they found out that was going. Yeah. I've never been 100% clear on that upon rewatching it. There feels like there's a scene that was cut that would explain how they would know. Because Wait, oh, which bit of it are you talking about? How did they know to show up and shoot up those guys who were picking up? Weren't they? They were trying to kill Michael. Why? Why? That's why, that's why he's upset. They say that you've been, you've given this guy so much, we're going to take care of him for you. Is that what they said exactly? Yeah, I, I, that's how I understood it. I thought that's what they said. Oh. And, he, and he's like upset. He's like, oh no, you idiots. Like that's, and like that, and then that's how it plays out. It I ends up playing it, out in their favor. I read it as, oh, there's one more th- like thing going on. We'll take care of it for you. Like, he, like we know Michael's the boss. We're going to take care of it. Oh, I read that as I know that he's the one that's been been pulling you away to do all these things and taking advantage of. I'll you have to rewatch to the scene to, to see because that's that is possible. I have to rewatch it because I've been yeah. confused how they could know and show up at the right time. Right, they just happened to be following him and then seeing he got into the car and then they lit up the car, assuming that they would have gotten him, but they had well, to I, save him. <laughs> I, I wonder, like. I thought maybe that they had been asked to go tell him and make sure he was okay. But, mm. like, how did he know he got kidnapped is what I didn't understand. And then shot up the car to, like, save him or whatever. But it'd be interesting to rewatch that and see if there is something between there that he's actually, that they're actually trying to assassinate him because yeah. that seems even more <laughs> ridiculous, of course. But also, though, considering how stupid they've been, although, I mean, it seems like they kind of learned a little bit along the way. Mm-hmm. and like did become a little bit sharper right i don't know i'd be yeah. curious to see when i watch it again at some point you have to follow that fall back up and let us know what you find yeah i love this scene with uh with michael's wife played by michelle dockery i think that's how you say her name yeah so it's funny because i was like i've never seen her in anything else except yes i did i she was in the movie Nonstop with liam neeson mm. um that's taken on a plane uh, right. for those of you who aren't familiar and she's one of the flight attendants, like, okay. like the main the main one that she's like that that he like liaises with during the course of it. And I'm like, man, this girl is so familiar. I don't know why. I looked up. I was like, oh my god, I just, like mm. just watched this the other day. No, I, I, like Nasab was on TV the other day. It was like Saturday night. Like I'd been watching something. Yeah, flipped over to TV and like that was on. I was like, I can watch this for half an hour, like before I go to bed. I was like, man, why is she so familiar? I was like, oh duh, I just watched the gentleman fucking. That's funny. Like, That's her. <laughs> That when that scene in her office when uh, the two guys come in to threaten mm-hmm. her, basically. Well, I assume they're, they're going to take her, right? Is that the it's three of them, right? It's, it's it dry is three, eye. It is and, three and of them. Two henchmen. Very important because she has a gun with two bullets. With two bullets, <laughs> right? And that that was great sound design, and also like, wait, did it happen? That sound that the gun makes when it fires is ridiculous. Hilarious. That like. Also perfect for how tiny and ridiculous and seemingly not an actual gun that that gun is. Yeah, it's a paperweight. paperweight. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, when that happens and you see that little tiny red dot on his forehead, I was like, I don't know how this is going to play out. Is this going to play out that that went in and he's dead? Or is this going to play out that that had not enough impact and just made a little tiny blood mark? On like it just color? bounced off his forehead yeah. and just nicked it? <laughs> yeah, and that, was, that was awesome. Um, and then obviously what it leads to, not so awesome, but only just in time for Michael to, to arrive. I gotta be honest, that scene kind of stands out to me, like the, the end of that scene or whatever, 
I mean, Dry Eye's a bad dude, obviously, right? Yeah. But at no point prior to that does he like send off a vibe of like rapey, or that specifically he was there to rape her. Yeah. So that I will say it doesn't really jive with me exactly. It doesn't. He decides in that moment, let me rape her. Like if he if he went over there and tried to kill her, totally sure. right. Like the rape part of it seems like a off note to me for whatever reason. I don't know why. Here's the, how I'm gonna how I'm gonna play. It. Here's how I see it. In this movie of gentlemen, we've pointed out that he is not one. Sure. And that they were just leading into that. I guess so. Uh, that's probably the best way to look at it. It still to me feels like a slightly off note in yeah. all of that. Like not a, like assessing whether or not rape is good or not. It just it didn't track with me narratively, like with the, mm-hmm. the character or whatever. Like, yeah, he's a bad dude. So is it, should it be surprising that he would rape someone? No, yeah. not really. He's a bad guy. But just like we never got him being like creepy or pervy or rapey before sure. that. So like it just seemed like out of left field. Like he seemed to be there to do business of what now admittedly he's gonna kidnap her to try and blackmail her husband, but like he's at least feigning the sense that he's there on business. Mm-hmm. It's a fucked up business that they're in, right? But whatever. And then he just throws that to the wind entirely and it's like, nah, fuck this. And it's like which I guess, you know, further lends to the point you're mentioning is that, well, unlike the rest of them who largely keep their cool and are gentlemen who conduct their business, he isn't. But right. it just felt like that specific move in that moment was out of left field. The two people that are not gentlemen get theirs in the end. Uh, uh, him and, uh, him and, and, and uh, what's his name? Well, actually, what is Hugh Grant's character's name? Well, not uh, even him. Uh, Jeremy Strong is who more so. Because Jer- Hugh Grant's not in the game. He tries to get into the game. He tries to, but he's not cut out for or, it. Or at least to draft off of it. But it seems like he gets his in the end, too. Yeah. The other two guys, though, uh, Jeremy Strong's Matthew, and uh, yes. he's all, like he's also not a gentleman because he's the one that's playing both sides to drive the prices around and, and manipulate things. I, that, but Which turns Matthew McConaughey into the lion that he was talking about in the beginning, which I think was really, like, that whole the way that whole thing unfolds with, like, they go after his wife, which we established very early in this movie is something that you do not do. Yeah. Right? Like, they, they made that clear within, like, the first three minutes of the movie. They, they it, was, it was exposition. And then they left it there. And then they, we, you, when you hit that moment later on, you're like, oh, boy. It's <laughs> about to go down. <laughs> and then the whole thing of, like, putting the guy in the freezer, you're going to wire me the money and give me a pound of your flesh. <laughs> I was like, oh my well, god. <laughs> which is pretty incredible because it's like, I want my pound of flesh. And it's like, yeah, no, that's fair. And he's like, no, literally a pound of flesh. I was like, oh, yeah. okay then. Yeah, you might want to take that from your butt. Actually, off. you know what I kind of felt like is the guy from the pitch meeting. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was pretty crazy. Um, I like when... <laughs> oh, well, I was saying, Actually, hang on to that for yeah. a second. Just going back to the freezer for a second... When he catches him in the lie of not knowing who Dry is and him dramatically shifting the stuff and he's just hanging on a rack there. <laughs> I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's such an incredible, it's such a small thing to happen visually, but just the dramatic sliding of the thing on the, yeah. on the rail there to having him deciding there. Why am I looking at a dead frozen Chinaman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was such a ridiculous, there are so many ridiculous lines like that in the movie that also make it. Um, but yeah, that was definitely a flex when he when he slides it over, like so much so that he is actually flexing his bicep. <laughs> yeah, like just, yeah, even just the position he's standing in while sliding it is ridiculous. Yeah, 
Oh, he's too much. Actually, that leads into my note that says Matthew McConaughey all over the place. <laughs> yeah, he kept some of the worst instincts that as like a younger. I had the uh, misfortune of rewatching part of Sahara recently. Never saw it. Um, it's not good, but um, there is some dumb fun to be had. In the movie, but it is a bad movie. Objectively. Okay. Uh, also, randomly, like, what's his name? Um, oh, I always forget the actor's name. It's funny, actually, because he was in Snatch, the another guy Irish movie um, from The Walking Dead, Morgan. Hmm. He uh, plays like an. Cher- uh, is it Lenny? Lenny, Lenny James. That's Lenny it. James, that's right. I was going to call him Lenny George at first. It's like, that doesn't quite sound right. Um, he, plays, he plays like a, like a stereotypical like African general warlord dictator okay. type character. Um, the Merovingian from The Matrix is uh, some random corporate bad guy who's working with him and all that. It's Penelope Cruz and Matthew McConaughey and Steve Zahn and hmm. William H. Macy and Rain Wilson, actually pre-office. Hmm. Um, but <laughs> like, I've re- like that was honestly, that movie informed a lot of me not liking Matthew McConaughey for a long time. Like he is just maximum McConaughey in that, but like, it's not super like charming or endearing. And I was like, I don't get it. Yeah. Um, and so he's, I think he's toned down some of the, obnoxious parts of it a bit and like let the bad part of it show out in some of his recent roles because obviously the change started for me with True Detective and like generally speaking I enjoy him yeah um, and he's good in this too and he's leaning more into the McConaughey stuff in this one but paring down some of the worst impulses of that (laughs) yeah yeah for sure yeah he's definitely over the top in Wolf of Wall Street Yes, but he's in it for like one scene, so whatever. Yeah. Like, it, oh. it, if he was in the whole movie, he probably would have driven me nuts if he was like that the whole time. Sure, yeah. don't think I'd be able to handle that either. Uh, I really love the sequence when, um, well, a couple things. When is it? Fraser is that Hugh Grant's character? Fletcher. Fletcher, yes, yes. When Fletcher is talking to Raymond, and he's like, uh, "I'm a little hungry." The way, oh, especially the way he delivers his lines, "I'm a little hungry." Uh, he's like, I have some steaks. Like, oh, do you have a, do you have a steak or something like that? Or I can go for a steak. It's like I've got some in the freezer. Oh, I'll get it. He's like, I'll get it. And then he goes to the freezer, and you find the, the dead bodies in the freezer. And he's like, in the inner monologue, is like, son of a bitch is good. Like, yeah. <laughs> like he knows because he's he's onto him. He knows that yeah. there's a body there. Oh, I've never had wag. Well, I've never had wagyu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, oh, it keeps it keeps your feet toasty and it cooks your beef. <laughs> <laughs> some of the innuendo he just he. Like rolls out in this is ridiculous, you know. Yeah. He goes, "You could, I imagine, you'll do all sorts of terrible things to me. Some of them I might even like." Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting very aroused. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, Raymond is something like, "You're not going to like where this goes," and he goes, "Promise." <laughs> getting very aroused, Raymond. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that was great. But the way that then him going into um, that whole setup, can I go use the bathroom? Yes. Take off your fucking shoes. <laughs> when he the, right, so he does. And then when he's coming out of the bathroom and the two guys are carrying the body out, that whole he <laughs> Fletcher walks out of the bathroom. The two guys carrying the body stop dead because they're carrying a dead body. He sees it. Raymond walks in. Is there a problem? Nope. Forgot to wash my hands. And he walks <laughs> back into the <laughs> and he's like, Can you guys be a little bit more careful next time? And then they call, call ahead. Yeah, call ahead. And then the uh, then 
that tying into the story later that like he planned that whole thing so that Fletcher would take his shoes off so they could put a tracking device in it so that he can catch him. Like the way that like the I love that every little bit of the story has some other plot or twist that's going on inside of it. Yeah, a lot of movies that do twists that then have twists on them can be obnoxious. I think that they well, one, they didn't like overdo it in this. And no. two, it all fits narratively. And it's cool to see him like it's like, okay, like we have a battle of wills here. Who knows more? Who's gonna catch the other one, right? Mm-hmm. And early on they give Fletcher the lead, and it's like, oh shit, he's way smarter than you realize. He seems like kind of this like sleazy, like bumbling oaf, and no, he's actually way cleverer than he should be. And he's got all this information and he totally set them up and he has all the answers he needs and he's going to trap them and he's, they're going to have to fucking pay him unless they decide to blow everything up. And it's like, oh, no, actually they knew all along that this was what's going on and they're trying to actually lead him into the trap all mm-hmm. along. It's, you know, they're calling his bluff, but he doesn't even realize he's they're calling his bluff, all that sort of stuff. It's like watching master poker players or some yeah, shit. Like, it's, it's cool because it's like these characters constantly flip back and forth between who has the upper hand and yes. you as the viewer don't realize who actually has the upper hand until that until the person lost it. Even something as perfect as him saying, I've been following you for months, Raymond. And yeah, yeah. they show him in the bushes taking a picture. <laughs> and then they cut it back and he goes, I'm better. And it's him standing eight feet behind him in his own bushes. <laughs> that was great. I love that. I like the way that their interaction starts off in the movie, though, where he's like, um, play a game with me, Raymond. No. Come on, play a game with me. No, play a fucking game with me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like okay this is escalating we're, we're doing this apparently then the whole the whole thing that i didn't even know you could find you could pay 1500 pounds for scotch <laughs> <laughs> oh man that movie is so it's so much fun yes i love a fun movie it's really it's, entertaining it is as dark as it gets at times it is yeah. uh i mean hell there's that whole sequence when the girl dies of a heroin overdose like, jesus christ like yeah that was and that yet was a, like a movie can have that and that feels fitting to what's going on and yet can be so utterly ridiculous and fun um the scene where he decides the two of them are gonna like read lines together because <laughs> he's yeah. trying to trap him on the scene with, and then they both get into it with yeah with matthew and dry <laughs> <laughs> so his delivery of Matthew's terrible lines in Cantonese. Yeah. <laughs> he goes, okay, I'm gonna be honest. That one that translation is not very good. His Cantonese isn't very good, and also it's Cantonese. And you know <laughs> I think this is what he's trying to say, but some of the strict translations of what he's saying, just how horrible the grammar and cadence is. Because he doesn't speak Cantonese well, it's <laughs> fucking hysterical. <laughs> oh man, oh, it's, it's such a good movie. I, I then there's also, the, uh, I was gonna say, yeah. like taking that scene and looping it, like again talking about how it all like loops around. When he, when we get the full version of that scene, right? Because he doesn't get all of the audio at first, and we see the like the further, and he says, "My Israeli Mossad crabs," mm-hmm. and then he brings when Michael brings that line back on him later, that's how he should know he's truly fucked right in that moment. Yeah. Like, Are you looking for your Mossad crabs or whatever? And it's like, Oh shit. He had the drop on you the whole time, but he still walks into the trap. Yeah. Uh, Oh, it's so good. Um, the, uh, I love that. The other scene, the, I feel like there's only one major piece that we didn't touch on. That's when, uh, Lord George. what Lord George. Oh, that 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 was good too. That's that's when uh when Matthew McConaughey really gets his hands dirty. 
Yes, that's the and first time see. we actually see him get his hands dirty. That's one of the tensest scenes yeah, it's big. in the whole movie. That's a big move. I, also, that's, a, that's a well-executed scene. They do something cool with the camera angle of that one, where they pull up and kind of, it's like slight. I feel like it's slightly diagonal when it comes down on him, and it like kind of shows. It, I feel like it shows Matthew McConaughey's character. What's his name? Michael, like towering over him once he's got the once he ha- officially is showing. He had the upper hand the whole time, but when he shows that he has it, they make him look so big. And that's yeah. They put the camera like on the table, and he's towering yeah, over him. I like that. That was that's cool. But uh, that that seems that, that whole thing. Also, as far as shock value goes, just him projectile vomiting out of nowhere. Yeah, oh, and and then the very calm get to the hospital, or you're gonna diarrhea yourself to death. And then walking <laughs> out of the room, I, this is this is absurd. Uh, that's one scene. I was actually thinking about the other one where they go to get the girl, uh, where Raymond is sent to go. Michael sends Raymond to get the girl, and he's like, "I don't want to do that." And he's like, "I have to send the guys that I trust." Fine, <laughs> and, then they, and then they go there, and that whole that whole interaction is great with the two guys that he brings with him, and then the one guy outside standing by the car. Well, but, it's also the one time that Charlie Hunnam really gets to shine in this movie, mm-hmm. where he gets his own little monologue, where he just starts rolling a spliff. Yeah, and he's talking about you know like you know uh, I prefer to you know mix it it's a little tobacco and 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 weed. This is how we do it. I don't understand you guys doing the whole heroin thing. Do you ever do heroin? No. Eh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> this is what the puff game used to be about. It's positive vibes, and he's yeah. casually insulting them, and also trying to teach them a lesson, mm-hmm. and also totally shitting on their shitty apartment, and all of this stuff, right? And the music cue that comes up right after all that when they go back downstairs it's the first time we learn how much that fletcher actually knows because this is the first time that he hints it he almost fucks it up he covers himself but you already know that he's probably that raymond has probably figured it out that he's been watching more closely than he realizes because he's there the picture he's the one who has the evidence of it right when the body falls they try and get the cameras the music that kicks in there i honestly to this day like since the first time i watched the movie Every once in a while, I'll start whistling that song that's played during that chase sequence. I don't know I, why. It's like I don't remember what it was. Yeah, and when we're done, you have to play it. It's like... Oh, yes, yes, I do know it. Okay. And, like, it's... I don't know why, like, it like it's super catchy, and it's, like, perfect to what's going on, like, the escalation where everyone's running in different directions. Him chasing him through the thing, the, the kids like insulting him. Mm-hmm. You see the other goons try to catch these other kids. The, it's the same hooligans from yep. that they were dealing with Coach. Um, and uh, it is uh, it's the same hooligans. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I didn't notice it the first time, but when I watched it the second time, I noticed it's the same kids. Oh. Um, they, uh, yeah, you know, we see more of them, right? Because the, the one kid that he ch- that, that Raymond chases has this other group of like older kids. Yeah. Those guys weren't a part of that whole thing with the coach. But uh, it's funny because watching it the first time through, I didn't see the gun. But now knowing the second time I was watching it, I don't know that you notice it the whole time, but you notice it when he's running into the room that he's got a gun there. And how stupid are they for not seeing this huge right. gun strapped inside of his trench coat? Mm-hmm. Because the trench coat is open. It's draped over it, but it is open. And he just <laughs> lights up the thing. Gets the phone back and then looks up and the guy, the other goon is dangling one of the hooligans over the edge. And catches the phone. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's so great. What, you know what I really love about that whole sequence is at no point do they have any, are they worried that they're not going to come out of this without those phones? 
Yeah, they know they're going to get him eventually. They're <laughs> more so annoyed that they have to deal with it, and I think that's what makes the whole scene, is they're they're chasing them with a with this attitude of, like, can you just stop because I get this later? Guys, like, you guys are, you guys are being assholes. I'm literally going to give you $500, sight yeah. unseen for the phone. Now you don't get the phone, and also I wasted a bunch. Of, or now you don't get the money, and also I wasted a bunch of my time. Right. And, and effort and energy. It's oh, great man. that somehow they get the total jump on that one kid on the bike that they get the climax of, him. of they get the ahead door. of him. Yep. Park. You have no idea that they've been driving and chasing him this whole time. Door open. Kid goes flying. What the fuck just hit me? Tape it. Right. And then the, the other guy gets in the car and squishes the girl that they've been with to pick up. And he just goes, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> There's so much humor throughout the entire movie, like in the dialogue, in the, in what's playing out on screen while it's a very serious subject. And they dip in and out of how serious the story is actually being. But like, uh-huh. I don't know. It's It's got that, there is a, there's something to this genre of, not not necessarily the genre of the story, right? Because um, it's not the same as a movie like this. But there's something about this movie, about Knives Out. There, like these movies that have a quick pace, that have uh, interwoven stories uh, that Plus have the, really the great delivery, the twist on incredible twists. dialogue, twist on twist. Yeah, like there, there's a certain genre there. I don't know what you would call it because, like, the movie could be a comedy, or it could be a horror movie, or it could be anything. They're capers. Okay, I'm gonna go with capers. I like that. Capers, um, a little butter, butter wine sauce. You put those over <laughs> some salmon. Delicious. <laughs> Not what I was going for. Different sort of caper, but. No. Uh, there is some shared DNA between those two movies. Percy Capers. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see myself out. <laughs> I honestly totally took the wind out of myself. I don't know what I don't know how to come back from that. I don't know how to respond to that. Blue? <laughs> no, no, no. That, not that bad. Not that bad at all. Um, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> um, there just I was just thinking a little bit of, of like lines. We're talking about there's some great lines. Um, I've always been a, f- a fan of the word fuckery. And, and when the wife goes, there's fuckery afoot. Yep. That's a good one. <laughs> Fantastic. I need to I need to incorporate that specific phrase a little bit more into my life. I like she introduced me to the term fight porn. I've never heard that term before mm-hmm. this movie. And why are we watching fight porn? It's fight porn in my fucking farm. You know? That whole scene, the way they edited that video together was incredible. It was the stupidest, corniest rap shit. Yep. With also pretty incredible fight scenes. Some of it from like point of view of like handheld cameras and all that stuff. Yep. Following that up with the guy, one of the henchmen going, these guys really know their stuff. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying say less. Yeah. <laughs> don't say it at all or whatever. He's like, I'm, I'm just saying, well, don't say. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, also, that song I'm pretty sure plays during the credits. I think that's the credit song. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, they're a ridiculous rap. Th- uh, their their rap names were terrible. Yes, they were pretty horrible. There was well, like one of them was like eggs and bacon or something like yep. that. One of them was ghost. One of them was just Ernie. Yep, Ernie. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I do like one line. I mean, it was in the trailer. We we we've hinted at it in our intros and stuff. But the uh, his name is Fahuk. But it's spelled with a PH, so it sounds like Fahuk. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> it gets me every time. It'll always get me every single time. <laughs> His name is Fahuk. It's, it just sounds just like Fahuk, but it's spelled differently. I'm going to untie you. Calm the Fahuk down. 
And honestly, the, the shock value that first time where he chooses to just run and jump off of a yeah. mountain and get hit by a train, that's a, which like that's one of those fuck? ones that it, yeah, the first time through you're like, oh my god, because the movie at that point has ramped up so much, you're just like, what is happening here? Well, we just came two seconds ago from, from come the fuck down, yeah. so like <laughs> you can't go coming back from that. Um, and you know, he comes back and he goes, oh, you know, Laura is back. Oh, that's good. You know, and we found the, the source of the lake. Great. Something more, Raymond? <laughs> yeah. Well, now that you mentioned it, actually. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that line, it does get me. Uh, it's starting to become a trend. You should invest in parachutes. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That's good. Oh, man. He says it when the, when the Russian kid falls, too. He goes, there's a slight uh, issue. He goes, that slight issue. It sounds like a tragedy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I just want to go watch it again. It's a really fun movie. <laughs> I have to, I have to pick this one up. Um, get a nice little. It's become, action. it's become one of my dad's favorite movies. Like nice, he's already watched it a few times since we watched it the first time. It's like weirdly creating this triumvirate of like maybe it's kind of perfect, like them spaced out in time. It's, it's. I think it's now entered like this triumvirate of Blazing Saddle, Saddles. Step Brothers and this for him. Like, oh my god, that's too funny. He, he loves this movie. Well, the next time you see him or talk to him, you should tell him to calm the fuck down. He's gonna, he's gonna love it. <laughs> I'm being, I'm being dead serious. All right, I'll try to remember to do that. He's gonna light up like a kid on Christmas if you say say something like that to him. <laughs> oh man, cool. You have any other notes on this one? No, just if you haven't watched this movie and for some reason you listened to all of this, we've spoiled so much for you, but it's still worth the watch. We've spoiled the ins- we've gone through the entire movie. It's nothing compared to watching the movie. So good. No, it's ridiculous. Well, that is all for this week's episode of Flicks in the Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie, a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to Flicks in the Six at thespintune.com or tweet us at thespintune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I'm Albie Olsey. Thanks for coming out.